And welcome to another edition of the Firmware Update, episode 213. I'm one of your hosts, Malcolm Spinetti, on this podcast for all your PlayStation news and stuff, as well as other video game stuff. Joining me, as always, and stuff, Joe Garcia. That's me. How you doing today, buddy? Uh, and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, after after all the hype, I, I went ahead and, and got my hands on got got my hands on that that new console everyone's talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, everybody. The Switch. All right, no. you have that already. Um, yeah. The NES Classic. No, you got no. that. You got two of those actually. Actually. No, no. What, what we're all hyped up about? Xbox One X. Well. The joke was that I was going to lead you to believe that I got the 500 million console, but yes, I oh. <laughs> but yes, I, I I do get the Xbox One X because goddamn it, I was buying something. Come on, <laughs> um, yeah, they GameStop had a, had a deal. Actually, I think it's still going now until uh, like tomorrow, I think. But they gave me 250 dollars for for my Xbox One S, uh, which was I was like, all right, that's actually a lot of money <laughs> for. For this thing, so. it's not bad. That's like almost half, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. So if, we, if we're trading it towards an Xbox One uh, X uh, specifically, otherwise I think it's like 130 bucks, uh, which is not great. Uh, Did you trade in your Vita towards it too? No, because that no, because one, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Even as sad as it is, um, but two, it's only, also only worth 60 bucks. So I was like, nah. Yeah, that's like a game. Like it would just. <laughs> um, I, I traded a bunch of other old stuff, but. Right, that's nothing too fucking major. Um, to any consolation, yeah. I still have my PSP floating around somewhere in the house. I've got mine too. I, I keep it because I still like playing uh, fucking Rock Band Unplugged on it. Mm. Uh, a game that did not survive the, the transition to, to Vita and their digital only storefront. Nope. If it, I, I got mine. I still have Crisis Core because that's still, for some mind-boggling reason, the only place you can play that game. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, so it's it's still around. I, I still keep it. Um, yeah, it's 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 neat. It is it is still a really cool fucking uh, system. The Xbox One X. Still impressed by it. How it's both somehow a tiny bit smaller and quieter than the Xbox One S, uh, despite being much more powerful. Now, can you tell the difference from the S and the X? Well, I uh, I actually haven't played anything. <laughs> On it yet. Uh, I set it up and I, I downloaded some updates for some games, but uh, the, the difference with Xbox One X is that uh, Xbox Live knows uh, what kind of console you're 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 updating the game to, so it'll download the correct assets. Like if you if you've got the Xbox One uh, S, it's not going to download you know the the the, the higher resolution stuff uh, because you know you're not on an Xbox One X. There's no need. But once you've got the Xbox One X, oh boy, uh, these these updates are huge. <laughs> uh, it's like it was like 70 gigs almost for Forza, for Forza uh, Motorsport Seven, which was obscene. <laughs> oh man, well, that's a shame. If it's a shame that you weren't able to get that 500th mil, what was it, 500 million uh, PS4? Yeah. Oh. yeah so fucking cool it, it, it was a beauty wasn't it yeah. yeah and and the and the fucking thing sold out basically as soon as it went on sale yeah uh, yeah like uh, on the 24th is when when the when i went up like right at midnight uh i think eastern or or something and like i fell asleep <laughs> on the couch like a fucking old man like around 11 30 <laughs> and by the time i wake up like 45 minutes later i'm like oh shit I go to check out. I go to Twitter to check uh, Wario sixty four's account because he's always the one that like fucking 
post links like as soon as they're live. And I, every store that I went to it was like sold out, sold out, sold out. Like, uh-huh. Fuck. <laughs> uh, so my old, my oldness finally caught up to me. Uh, that was me essentially trying to get tickets for all in this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh cool. Like this sounds awesome. It's, it's basically like fucking 20 minutes away from the city where I live. I was like, all right, that sounds awesome. It's Oh, same thing. Great. <laughs> And, um, and that was the heartbreaker because you didn't know it was going to be such a phenomenon. Like with this, yeah. with the PS4, I would say, yeah, it's probably going to sell out within a couple of minutes. And sure, <laughs> lo and behold, this I was like, okay, maybe I can get some nosebleed seats, be like uh, an excuse to travel to Chicago and uh, visit Joe and all that. No, nope, gone instantly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like, and you know, nosebleeds in an arena like are are still good seats. Like, there's no yeah. best. Like, unless you're behind, like the fucking. Like, the only time you can get a bad seat in the arena is when you come to, like, Raw or something, and, like, you're behind the video board, like, right at the very corner <laughs> of the fucking arena. Uh, like, that's, like, the only... Like, otherwise, like, you know, the upper level is... Like, I've sat in the upper level many times for, for WWE events, uh, like, across from, from the video board, and it's like, yeah, you, you see everything just fine. Mm. You know, I do, just a little aside here. There was a recent YouTube video that I saw that it's impossible to for me to watch this video without thinking of Joe... A hundred percent of the way. Mm. Now, for those of you at home, there is a YouTuber called Jim Sterling who likes to do a lot of videos on the games industry, let's just say. And mm. on the 24th, he did a video on Shenmue. And Joe, you need to watch this video. <laughs> this is like, how long have we known each other and uh, been doing this podcast for? Six, seven years now? Uh, yeah, right around there. Okay, and I know this may be a little popular to say because of the whole plagiarism story that broke <laughs> since we <laughs> last podcasted, but listening to his to his thoughts on Shenmue, it was like he took like every single comment you've made in those six or seven years plus <laughs> on uh, Shenmue and condensed it into one video. It was, it's incredible. It's like I've heard you say word for word. All, everything he's saying, <laughs> he, like even in the title, he calls it uh, the freaking uh, crate. What are those uh, things called? The only thing the game did right in you, that you said. Oh, the quick time events. Not the quick time. No. Uh, the lo- the the loading cart. I can't. The forklift the simulator. Forklift? <laughs> he he calls it a forklift simulator, and the title oh, is like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh well uh jim sterling is an extremely intelligent and articulate man so uh i'm not surprised that he came to the same conclusion uh, after playing you know shamu i i really want you to li- to listen to the video and i want to hear your thoughts on it because it is incredible it's like you it's like you died and possessed his body and your last act <laughs> on earth was for this message to be spread <laughs> Oh, man, probably not what, what what actually happened if I were to get the choice to do that. But uh, yeah, it's I'm pleased to hear it nonetheless. It's like I could see you doing this. It's like, well, before I head to heaven, Shenmue really was shit. Let me just that. <laughs> let me just make sure that people know uh, just how fucking atrocious this was. Mm. Oh, at it, but at, at any event. RK is enjoying that. Enjoying the gifts. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad he's happy with. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. On my end, I've been playing the hell out of Octopath Traveler. Um, I've already pre-ordered and prepaid on Spider-Man, which comes out in a few weeks, so I'm excited about that. And pre-ordered on Amazon. 
weirdly, uh, I noticed. <laughs> you can only get the digital game on Amazon. Really? Uh, I did yeah. on PSN. Yeah. Um, turns out, I guess there's some weirdness between Sony and, uh, and Amazon, the way it was with Nintendo a little while ago. Mm. Where, uh, yeah, they're just not putting, <laughs> giving you fucking physical copies of the shit for some reason. Um, so I, I, I was probably going to buy it at Best Buy anyway, but yeah, that kind of forces me to do that. Let's see. I also have Yakuza 2 Kiwami coming in. You know, I, I just plastered that on the credit cards. Like, no, I need to get the Steelbook. <laughs> um, I did get a review copy of that. Let me tell you. It's good. Oh, you got a review copy. <laughs> you got to tell me you're part of a two-man team, dude. Come on. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I, I just was so busy playing. <sighs> uh, the, the embargo's up for that now. The reviews are up. I, I haven't finished it, but... I've got like 10 hours in, and man, that's fucking real good. <laughs> uh, man. And we've said it before. I know you've said it since you got into Yakuza especially. But it's like, and it comes off derogatory, but it really is true that, you know, whatever praise uh, that you have for Shenmue, if you if you play Shenmue and like, oh, this is awesome, you really need to try Yakuza, like, ASAP. Like, <laughs> It it's so good. It it takes everything that you like about Shenmue, let's just say, and cranks it up to eleven, <laughs> minus the forklift stuff. But you know, <laughs> but give it Man. some time; it'll come. <laughs> I still need to sit down and play Yakuza Six. Oh, that one's good too. Yeah, especially with the game of the year. Like, now, can it make it in our game of the year? Because I believe it technically came out last year or something like that. Or, or, the way I, I put it is if it whenever it released here in the United States. So yes, yes it is. All right, so I need to sit down and play that then. Yeah, and and uh, it, so far it's starting off really good. So I, I, I've enjoyed my time with it that I've had. Looking forward to figuring out how that whole gym thing in six uh, works out. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, yeah, the you know playing Kawami and Kawami two back to back because uh, I finished Kawami one right before I got my code. Uh, jumping right in, that's the, the difference visually, uh, the graphics is, is obscene. <laughs> like, uh, Kiwami looked pretty good, you know, and it's that was built on the same engine as Yakuza 0, uh, but Kiwami 2 was built on the same same engine as Yakuza 6, which looks like just head and shoulders above, <laughs> above, above, above the other two games. It's like, man, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait. It's uh, it's already been shipped. It'll arrive to my house tomorrow, so I'll be looking yeah. forward to that. I still have because uh, I got the after hours uh, edition of Yakuza Six, which came with <laughs> two whiskey glasses and because <laughs> I just went full tilt because those glasses will be they'll be put to good use, I'm sure. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy, you ready to get into the news? Uh, yes, yes, I am. All right, full speed ahead. What is the first of 32 stories that hit? <laughs> there, there is a lot. Um, you know, Gamescom, uh, you know, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, there wasn't like a, a conference at Gamescom or anything from anybody, uh, but lots of news nonetheless, because it is still a major gaming convention. So, Yeah, sadly, um, no blow-by-blow conference uh, review as we typically do here, but yes, but as Joe said, quite <laughs> and a by sadly, And by sadly, I mean, thank God. <laughs> thank God. I, I think this is better. Um, uh, before we get to any of that, though, um, I guess the most, I guess the the biggest news uh, was actually yesterday, which was terrible. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's... where uh, yeah, you know, because this this was a Sunday, you know, it was a it was at a Madden tournament. Uh, you know, Madden nineteen just came out. What was it two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, EA Sports is, you know, they already had some tournaments going in. I think this is the first tournament uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I think it was a multi-part thing where it's kind of like a qualifying tournament, I think, because I think they have, like, the bigger tournaments, you know, towards the end of the, the NFL season. Um, but, yeah, the harrowing accounts because uh, this was you know being streamed on twitch and and you know watching that stuff it was really it was really awful um you know a, a shooter uh someone who was actually part of the tournament who lost um you know he 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 decided to shoot up the freaking tournament and there was and you know three people died uh including himself the the, the shooter uh and yeah and i think 14 victims overall uh and yeah just awful stuff um, yeah and you know happened in jacksonville florida which man what's going on over there but yeah and uh, happy to hear the friend, friend of the show uh travis foster he lives in jacksonville he, he saw it. <sighs> okay he wait he saw it no no he wasn't there but oh okay. like he he's like yeah i was at church so <laughs> literally thank god for that mm. and it's you know it's a very tragic and really unnecessary crime that, that took place there and it's wild because you know you know before everyone gets in the anti-gun thing, this did take place in a gun-free zone. So I don't know how this guy got a gun and what have you, but well, no, I mean Florida is a very easy place to get a gun. Oh, is it? Uh, okay. Yeah, um, I mean most places are. Um, Florida is just easier than most, um, and you know obviously security. Um, it's a gaming event, you know things like that. You know it's not something people really check for. <laughs> because it's a fucking Madden tournament, you know? Mm. Uh, so, you know, security didn't necessarily catch. Just, like, I think he might have probably, I mean, if anything, it probably fucking had the gun in the car or some shit. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know those specific details. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's fucking terrible um, for, for any number of reasons. And uh, as I think you mentioned earlier, it was streaming. Like, it, it didn't stream the shooting, thank God, but, you know, it, it, if you were watching on Twitch, you were just watching. All of a sudden, you hear like all these noises and the thing cuts. So it was... yeah, you hear gunshots and, and people screaming, and it, it's terrible. It's, it's and you know I hope that we can finally fucking eventually do anything whatsoever to to prevent this uh, from happening again. It'd be it'd be great if you know maybe our lawmakers that we elect to represent us, you know, would to take any sort of responsibility whatsoever uh, and make this harder to have, you know, but, you know, it's like that onion article that people circulate every time something that like this happens uh, where it's like, yeah, like thoughts, and, like, you know, it's like, where it's like, like, <laughs> I think the headline from the onion is uh, how could this happen? Uh, says nation where this thing happens frequently. <laughs> like, and it's like, man, uh, like it's still, yeah, and, it, and it's it's true. Like it's man, it's just wicked. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of oh. yeah. I, I I I'm with you. Like in the end, nothing's really going to be done about this. And yeah, you know, I I hate to sound defeatist like that, but this has happened countless times. In the end, like the most that'll probably be happen is Trump or somebody will find a way to blame video games, even though they were playing. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, because it's fucking Madden. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it was, exactly. It's like, it like there's no guns in Madden. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a shitty asshole um, being a shitty asshole. Mm. Um, and you know, it's oh God, it's just it's it's terrible. It's just fucking. And and you know, <laughs> and I guess that's well. I guess if we're here, I guess I'll just go ahead and get fucking political <laughs> with it. Mm. Um, but but fucking, you know, like I don't hear people. You know, like they like 
you, you like a, a few days ago, um, there, there was this missing woman who was found, and it turns out that you know the person who murdered her was a was an illegal immigrant or something or whatever, and you know couldn't we couldn't claim we couldn't fucking call for a wall or whatever to be built fast enough from from certain people, but those same people, oh, like. Yeah, like, I bet they won't be talking about, you know, fucking getting rid of these goddamn guns that seem to be fucking finding their way to everybody uh, who likes to shoot up other people, so. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah, I, I wish I could come up with a solution, but it seems like there is none. Lurk. One that <laughs> well, my it, solution is ban all guns for everybody. We don't need them. <laughs> it's like, I was reading the comments on IGN about this. And, you know, it's like essentially people from other countries saying, Jesus, just just ban the guns. It was like this one dude from England and uh, then like a bunch of pro-gun people making fun of him for all the stabbings that take place in, in England or whatever. And it's like, dude, at this point, I'd r- much rather have a knife problem than a gun problem in America. Yeah. yeah like I don't think anyone ever stabbed 500 people in three minutes like that dude in Las Vegas, you know? Mm-hmm. Good, good memory. I was about to bring that up. <laughs> like that's not like there are not such there's not such a thing as a mass fucking stabbing. It's like, and the the result of we the counter arguments always we go to defend yourself. Like in all of these shootings, I can't remember one time that somebody else counterfired and ended the thing. No, so is and the, plenty of times you hear about people just like shooting the wrong dude. Like and if like. If you're up there fucking being Lasheroo against some other gunman, like the cops show up, they don't know who the fuck is the good guy or the bad guy. They just get like that fucking guy has a gun, shoot his ass. Mm, Lasheroo, nice little callback to a WCW <laughs> wrestler there. Sorry, I had to bring some con- sort of levity into this, but uh, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, it, it's rough, and uh, I I know this is not that much better than thoughts and prayers, but it, my heart goes out to everyone over there and. You just came to play a goddamn game and have some fun. Like, yeah, like it's fucking Sunday. You know, we're out here hanging out. Like people do the shit they love mostly on Sunday. Like Sunday is a beautiful, perfect day for fucking doing whatever you want to. And to have that taken away from you, like, is just—it's awful. Yeah. Can't overstate how awful it is. All right. Uh, I've never thought I'd be hopeful for a uh, story about a fucking studio closing down or something better than this, but let's move on. Uh, Once again, hearts go out. Everyone here from the firmware update to those guys. And I hope everyone who's uh, recouping gets better soon. And I hope some sort of solution of some kind comes from this. All right, Joe, what, what else happened while we're gone? All right. Well, um, we've got NPD results for July, 2018. Um, it, I I realized also now before it used to be like the the, the results used to come like the, the third Thursday uh, of the month and I think they've pushed it back to like the fourth one because uh, this this came out very recently uh, uh, just a little just just some uh, housekeeping there uh, anyway uh, July NPDs uh, are very positive for Nintendo <laughs> uh, as Nintendo was the the top selling console uh, of the month uh, the, with the Switch and. What do you suppose the top selling game of the month was for July 2018, Malcolm? All right, quick question. Was that when Octopath Traveler came out? Yes. I'm going to, considering how many stories I heard of it selling out and what have you, I'm going to I'm gonna go with that. Yes, yes yep. it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and keeping in mind also, this is like the, the top overall uh, software was, you know, was Octopath Traveler. And, um, and what's even crazier is, 
is that it did that with because um, the way Nintendo tallies uh, sales is that you know they they don't disclose uh, digital store uh, digital sales on, on like the eShop. So Octopath Traveler made it all the way to the top uh, purely based on its physical sales, uh, which is the only crazy. way you sh- yeah it's the only way you should buy that game by the way. But still yeah. <laughs> 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 For Pete's sake, don't download that. But yeah, I and I helped with those numbers there as I purchased. Like it, it was kind of funny because I had my D and D group and uh, we talked for a bit after the game, and that's when one of them brought up Octopath and how brilliant it was. I talked to Joe after that, and he's like, and Joe, was, I believe it was you who told me like, well, they got a demo there, so go for go try that out. So download the demo, and I played it. It's a three hour demo, and I played it two times just Damn. yeah just uh, so i could try some of the other characters and what have you and i i put the controller down i grabbed my phone went to amazon and i bought it right then and there like, <laughs> i'm so on board and to give you an idea of the power of octopath trap my wife my wife is playing the heck out of the game too <laughs> and she rarely like goes head first into a video game game like this and she's we've just been playing it we're we're back. We were taking turns with it, obviously, which is fun with having just one switch. But uh, we're playing it back and forth and uh, doing separate paths because, like, no two games will really be the same unless you're doing, you know, making a point to do so. Because why would you? But anyway, and I've been enjoying like little things here and there. Like I stole like a very high level weapon called uh, the Golden Axe. Yet, yep, just like from that game, <laughs> and. Uh, I made my Hunter Hanet hits axe attacks ridiculous, so I've been enjoying that. And I, it's one of the funnest games to grind as well, as I've been up, updating everyone's job class and what have you. So it's a, and plus the story is really, really good. It, uh, it, each store, it's like eight different stories joined together. Uh, the one thing, though, I can pick on a little bit is aside from like some what they call party banter, where you're like doing one of the stories and you'll see, press the plus sign on your on your controller to do uh-huh. party banter and it shows you like the central character for this part of the story talking to one of the members in your party right now and that's your party banter it doesn't really have too much of like the characters interacting aside from that mm. like you could just ignore the party banter and it's just this one character going through another chapter of their story so all of you for those of you looking for these characters to develop relationships with one another and whatnot it could be, you know, that part could be a little challenging, but honestly, all eight stories are so fun and engaging. It's actually really, it's, it works by itself. And on top of that, the uh, fights are actually surprisingly intricate. Like the bay, it revolves around enemy weaknesses. Like uh, you'll see like a shield sign and you got to figure out what they're weak to. It could be something as basic as a melee attack, like uh, a, st- a staff blow from a wizard. Which one was the last time you actually thought it might be a good idea to have your wizard attack with his staff in an RPG? Mm. And here it's an actual strategic value because <laughs> he may only do like a, you know, like 50 points of damage total if he attacks twice with it, but he'll break the enemy, which causes him to skip his turn this round and the next. And damage is more, more cohesive. So, or is uh, doubled. So it gives like a whole new element of gameplay. Meanwhile, the bosses are really interesting and tough and they get tougher and tougher as you level up as well. So it's a super fun game. I'm not shocked that it's number one. And I hope this is a fun little wake up call 
to people out there that, hey, take a chance on a new franchise. As yeah. <laughs> some, t- as much as I enjoy Spider-Man and some of the remasters out there, you're like, sometimes you could just take a whole new concept and it catches fire like this. So uh, congratulations to Square and the team. Like, I don't know if you saw any of the behind the scenes for this game, which were actually really, really fun if you guys see it on YouTube. But that at one point, it's the one that stuck with me, like... The creator was like, so we're in the we're essentially in a studio with guys who made Final Fantasy VI and all these top rated games and whatnot, and we made it a point to not talk with them. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay, and uh, they're and the interview is like, well, why do you do you not agree? Like, well, well, no, no, they're obviously fantastic, but at the same time, we wanted to make a game that we wanted to make. If we wanted to make Final Fantasy VI Part Two, we probably def we definitely would have talked with them, but we wanted to make our own game and just try things out our way here before you know going to that. And you know what? It worked. It, <laughs> it, it worked. So hats off to them. It's so it's a super enjoyable game. Uh, the way that each character has like a special ability, like there's some that there's some like a, that can scrutinize or inquire on uh, certain villagers, so you can learn more about them, and it can uh, uncover secrets in the village. Or, and one of the most interesting ones, you can outright provoke a, a villager in a village and get into a fight with them, like right there. And, <laughs> and if you win, like if they were standing in front of a door, which sometimes they tend to do. If they're standing in front of a door, if you beat them, they'll be unconscious but lying away from the door. So you can go in and ransack their house. And it will usually be like a high-level item or something like that in there. Or you can even uh, coax the uh, villager to go with you and you can summon them into battle, so, <laughs> which is which is a fun one too. It's a, And plus the animation is super – it's really cool. It's like a mixture of uh, 8-bit with today's technology. So like you'll be in this eight bit bit village, but there'll be like it'll have like the most realistic water you've ever seen in your life. It's it's weird, but it works. Like I can't say enough good things about this game, as well as the soundtrack. By the way, the soundtrack is tight. Love it, love it. So that was my. So little... it sounds like you really like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it might be pretty good. Yeah, half hour later. Yeah, it's a good game. You should definitely if you have a. <laughs> If you have a Switch, this is definitely on the must-get list, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I've been wanting to, to check out. But, I mean, problem with that is that there's so many other fucking games that I want to play uh, Dude. that I don't think I'll be able to get to it anytime soon. Yeah, uh, I, I completely hear you on that, especially with the wife in between jobs right now. Like, I only was able to get Spider-Man because I started saving for it months ago. Uh But, we're at, but right now, I'm going to probably have to skip on the other games so that that's bad for shadow of the tomb raider and pretty much my focus is, is going to be getting red dead redemption 2 but i know that there are other games coming out in october and uh, i'm trying to figure out what i would get in january because there there's a few games that come out in january that i really want like i believe kingdom hearts 3 comes out then sure. and and uh, there's another game there, there's a few games that i want to get in january but i don't think it's possible so it's like i'm in basically doing sophie's choice right now <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, right now it's like I'm playing Kiwami 2, um, Valkyria Chronicles 4 comes out very soon, mm. uh, at the end of next month, uh, Spider-Man is out in like a week and a half, <laughs> fucking, uh, what else, it was the Shadow of the Tomb Raider, like you said, uh, and, you know, by the time I get through those games, it'll be time for fucking Red Dead 2, <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, it's 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 tough budgeting my time for all these games. Oh, Resident Evil Two remake, fucking a. that that's the game that comes out in January. Oh yeah, man, they just released some new screenshots for it out of Gamescom. It's like, man, this game looks really fucking good. Oh yeah, they of all things to show up, they showed off a fight between William Burke and in basically his monster form and Claire. <laughs> And number one, the guy playing Claire in this boss fight was really atrocious. It's like he was trying to die. <laughs> but uh, it was interesting just seeing that right off. I mean, Birkin looked freaking awesome. Like I, lo- I loved his quote-unquote final form there, so that was interesting. You also got to see Claire and Sherry, I believe is the little girl's name. Yeah. And uh, hey, you also see that, I forget his name, but it was the really awful police chief. That basically sold everyone out just to make a deal with... Yeah, like, you see that piece of garbage on there as well. Let's see. Oh, I believe Devil May Cry also comes out in uh, January. Uh, or is that just, February? No, neither of those. I've got that story. Don't you worry. Oh, okay. Right on. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm looking at... I actually found a list of games coming out starting in January, and this is atrocious. Like, this is atrocious in a way that that is great for game kind, but at the same time, I'm annoyed. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to be able to afford this. Sekiro, Division 2, Devil May Cry 5 all come out the same month. Get out of here, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah it's, it's ridiculous. Hey, great news, though, Joe. <laughs> What's that? Shenmue 3 is all by its lonesome in August. (laughs) (laughs) That hot ticket. Man, Man, we've deviated so far from the original story. Uh, (laughs) All right. So what was number two? (laughs) (laughs) Number two for the month of July, uh, if you fucking believe it, is Grand Theft Auto (laughs) 5. I was going to make that as a joke. What? (laughs) GTA 5, baby. Still at it. Um, Number three was Mario Kart 8. Number four, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, uh, boosted by the fact that it came out on on Xbox and and Switch pretty recently. Mm. Uh, And number five is uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So that one's still selling strong as well. Um, That's fair. Yeah. um, Yeah. According to this uh, new story that I pulled from VentureBeat, it's been a great year for Nintendo. Uh, um, Mario Tennis Aces, I think, sold really well in June. Uh, let's see. Uh, according to this, Octopath Traveler was the best-selling game of July 2018. Half of July's top 10 bestsellers are Nintendo platform exclusives, uh, which, yeah, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> true. You got Octopath Traveler, Mario Kart, Zelda, uh, Mario Odyssey, and Mario, Ten- Mario Tennis Aces all in the top 10. Uh, so very big year for, and big months for Nintendo overall. Um, also, according to this, Nintendo is the top-selling full-game software publisher for both July and year-to-date. Uh, Nintendo Switch is the only platform showing year-on-year growth in full-game dollar sales, with gains of nearly 70% when compared to last year, uh, despite digital sales on Nintendo platforms not being currently tracked by the MPD group. Uh, so, yeah, Nintendo, still popular, <laughs> turns out. Yeah, Nintendo's killing it, and... Like I said, I was going to make a joke that it was Grand Theft Auto Five, like to be a smart ass, but lo and behold, <laughs> it was number two. How crazy is it that Red Dead Redemption Two is uh, coming out in a few months, and Grand Theft Auto Five, which what came out five years ago, is still regularly in the top five of the MPD numbers? Yeah, um, it's we're all this, we're five years into this console cycle, and this is the first new game from Rockstar. <laughs> They ported GTA 5, and that's basically all they've had to do. Uh, you know, they ported uh, L.A. Noir, 
uh, a little while ago. But, you know, aside from, from those two, uh, this is their first actual brand new game uh, since these new systems launched. Yeah. By the way, do you have uh, the the trailer that came out for Red Dead as one of the stories this week? Uh, no, because it's – but there it is. <laughs> I mean, All right. I mean, we've been deviating as it is. Uh, did you see the trailer just out of curiosity? Because I did want to talk about it. No, of course I did. Uh, how awesome did it look? Pretty good. <laughs> like, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's actually pretty sizable. It's like 6 minutes, 57 seconds, uh, I'm pretty sure. Six seconds, six minutes, 57 seconds. Uh, and it shows number one, it looks wonderful. It looks, it's one of the most beautiful looking games I've seen in recent memory. And, uh, it looks like it's going full tilt with the cowboy experience and that you basically run a hideout and you can help with morale. You can help grow it. You can help, uh, your compatriots with like missions and whatnot. And you can travel into towns and just be a freaking cowboy, which was like okay. the amazing thing about Red Dead Redemption, where you could just go around town and you can be a cowboy, whether that means being a piece of garbage, waste of human life, or whether you're a good guy. You know, you have two choices. <laughs> <laughs> those two exact choices, piece of shit, waste of human life, and a good person. Now, those are your two choices, but... And it looks really, really fantastic. And if anything, it made me super hyped, like that for me, that was the moment. Well, the image of Red Dead Redemption Two. That was when I was like, "Okay, sold." But now, I'm super sold. I don't know about you, Joe. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't really need anything new to to sell me on the idea of Red Dead Two. But yeah, yeah pretty it's, good. It's pretty much in that Spider-Man territory where I saw the teaser and I'm like, "Okay, we're good. We're good." You have yeah, I don't need to see anything else. I mean, the 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 trailer. I mean, it was very. Very uh, cut and dry. It was like with the fucking narrators, like, oh, yes, here's what everything is, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the narrator's like, this is the first in a game series of videos, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, like, I don't need to see the rest. Like, I got it. It's good. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude, you don't need to You don't need to show me anything else. We're good. <laughs> that game was a masterpiece. But anyway, uh, going back to the original story. So Red Dead 2, excited. Um yeah, Nintendo's killing it. I'm pretty sure there was a sale on Grand Theft Auto Five in around the July area, which brought it down, I think, to twenty nine ninety nine for a little while. So that probably uh, helped with it. Well, no, uh, they uh, they released a I forget what the fuck it's called, but they call it's a premium online edition, is what it's called. Uh, they 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 launched that for sixty bucks. That comes with a bunch of shit for for GTA Online, uh, and then the base game is is just thirty bucks now. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's, I think that helps a lot. Uh, another thing that may have had something to do with that help, uh, for a little while through July 30th, if you pre-ordered Red Dead Redemption 2, one of the pre-order bonuses is you got like X million dollars to use in the online portion of Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) So may have had something to do with it. You you purchased that game. Like, Hey, if I haven't bought it already, let might as well get it. So I can (laughs) enjoy that cool million. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so but that's cool i'm kind of surprised but at the same time not surprised breath of the wild is still doing really good i mean that was an excellent game no no argument and but still doing really good with the numbers so awesome i guess that means like people are still buying the switch and god knows yeah. or the people when i say that i mean people who haven't gotten it yet are now getting to a point where all right let's try, see what the switch is about and if you're buying a switch obviously one of the games you probably want to get with it is zelda or mario and yeah and hey, there's two. There's one each of those. So there. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, very, very cool. Uh, do you have anything else uh, on this one, bud? Uh, not on that particular story, but while we're here for video game sales. Segway. Uh, um, again, uh, the PS4 Pro $500 million, or 500 million uh, limited edition. Uh, like I said before, it sold out immediately. Um, you can still get some accessories uh, separately from that. You can get the controller if you'd like, uh, which is which still looks really nice, um, as well as a uh, as well as the the gold edition headset or a gold wireless headset. Uh, it's called the gold wireless headset, but it's the same blue color. It's a very confusing name. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, you can still get those at, at the very least. So there's there's that consolation. I might might I might get at least a controller to say I got something out of this whole thing. Yeah, I believe that's what I did when I didn't get the uh, limited edition PS4, you know, the uh, the one you were able to snag yeah. a long ago. I did get the controller that was in the same venue as that, so, you know, just to say, okay, at least I got something. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I still have it. It's an awesome controller, so. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm not sure exactly when the controller is out. It's a little, it's not, I, don't, I mean, I guess the those consoles people should already have their hands on them by now, but uh, I'm not sure when the controller is out. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll probably find a way to snag that as well, just for the sake of saying, hey, I I got something. Mm, Or maybe not. Check out this Amazon listing for it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Holy shit. What the fuck? Uh, Here, I'll send this to you, and you can take a look at that price and tell me what you think, Uh, because I I don't think maybe that's uh, something I want to do. Oh, you're breaking my heart right now. Just <laughs> All right, let's see here. Let's uh, and, and this is a listing for uh, Amazon.com. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm just uh, very excited to hear. What? Welcome. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. There he goes. You know. <laughs> uh, can you go ahead and read that price for the good people uh, listening at home? Now? One ninety nine ninety nine. Oh, you found a different one. The one I saw was two ninety nine. Uh, oh, well, this is the <laughs> one I clicked on that first link that you sent me here. But <laughs> let's see here. Or you can trade in stuff towards f off. Uh, <laughs> trade trade your console in for a controller. Trade in the con. That's essentially what it comes down to. <laughs> Why? Come on, man. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Uh. Man, I mean, it's available on Best Buy for the correct price of sixty four ninety nine at least. So I think I might just have to do that very soon. Yeah, I was going to make the joke. This has to be a – well, not really a joke, but this has to be like a sailor, you know, who's just trying to make money. And no, this is from Sony. <laughs> this is very much a Sony thing and wh- why? Just why? Why? No. Or, okay, maybe it's not by Sony because uh, I also see the that PlayStation 4 for – a steel Joe of fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> that is one of the cheaper ones I've heard. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh uh, man. Um, so oh, terrible scalping aside, Malcolm. Let's uh, let me ask you a question because uh, I saw a pretty fun question asked on on Twitter uh, last night before I went to bed. Uh, out of the five hundred million PlayStation consoles uh, that have been sold. Uh, since 1995, I guess. Uh, how many of those have you bought, Malcolm, between PS1, PS4, and the two handhelds? Uh, special edition ones? Oh, out of, out of all of these, how many, how many of these 500 million 
PlayStation consoles are, are yours? Uh, none, really. You haven't bought a single PlayStation? Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh <laughs> silly. Okay, I thought we were talking about special edition ones. Okay, PS4. All right. Of all the PlayStations that have ever existed, how many have you bought? Oh, shit. Okay. Um, hmm. From PS1 all the way down to, to PS4. All right, so the first official game gaming station or console that I ever bought with my own money... So I don't count the uh, systems that my mom bought me because uh, she actually got two PlayStation 1s, one for my little brother, one for me. But I got a PlayStation 2. That's one. Mm-hmm. And then I got the fat PS3, which got stolen. So I bought <laughs> a second fat PS3. And then I bought a third PlayStation 3 so that me and my wife could play Borderlands and various online games together once we became a thing. And uh, may have traded it for another PS3 because it was slimmer, but anyway, but I'm pretty sure it's so far just those two, those three, excuse me. Uh, then PS4 came the thing. I still have the one I got on launch day. Hey, so I got the, that's That's actually sitting right across from me as we record the show. Uh, I also got a uh, Destiny white console for the room as well later on. So once again, me and my wife could play together. And then after I saved up some money, I traded that in to get a PlayStation Pro, which sits proudly (laughs) in the living room. So, wow, that's like seven or eight consoles. Uh, If we're talking about – if we're counting everything, I got two PSPs. (laughs) Of course we're counting everything. Okay, two PSPs. Uh, I believe I traded one. I bought the original, then traded up for a, traded it in for a slim version, and I got the Vita with 3G capability. Cause sure. <laughs> and uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there is anything else. So that's almost ten consoles right there. Mm. Yeah, I, I I tallied mine up last night, and then I'm at eleven damn PlayStations. Welcome. Uh, one PS1, two PS2s. Uh, two PS3s, uh, the launch one, and then the, which died on the day Uncharted 2 came out. <laughs> I had to go fucking get another one. Uh, I've had three PS4s now, uh, the the launch unit, the, the anniversary one, and then the PS4 Pro that I got. Uh, I've had two PSPs. Uh, like you, I had the original one that I traded for a slim one, uh, and then my one PS Vita. Uh, so how many is that? That's eleven for me. That's a. I'm buying one for my wife. How, how did you beat me? Goddamn. <laughs> well, that might be. Uh, mm, God damn. Yeah, that's a lot. When you when you sit back and think about it, that's a lot of investment into the culture right there. <laughs> it's funny. Like I've actually thought about hunting down a PlayStation One just for the sake of saying I have all of them. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw the link that I just sent you, but. Uh... But if you go to good old reliable GameStop, turns out you can buy a PlayStation 4 wireless controller for not a ridiculous sum of money. <laughs> yeah, it's on Best Buy as well for, for the correct $64.99. Fuck off Amazon, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this one, okay, this one I, I could buy. So there. Yeah. <laughs> This one's uh, n- not batshit crazy. So. Yeah, I might, I might peep that. <laughs> Say I did, but anyway, yeah, that's an interesting one. I'm curious, like anyone out there, you know, at thefirmup.com or at thefirmup, tweet us. Let us know how many PlayStations, in one way, shape, or form, you have bought. 
But, uh, yeah, tally them up. Yeah, send them into us. I'm kind of curious because, like I said, that that's a lot. And spoiler, I'm probably going to buy two of the PlayStation 5 once that comes out. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I'd wager that a lot of people um, – you know, have have similar have a similar uh, tally uh, based, you know, on either just, you know, having like you, multiple people in the household who like to have their own or just, you know, just uh, replacing broken or, or broken ones. You know, mm. it, it, it adds up very quickly. <laughs> it does. It really does. <laughs> All right. And th- that's an interesting, good exercise, Joe. I like that. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Unless you got anything else on this one. Uh, no, but. Uh, while we're still talking about sales, uh, Sony has uh, announced that uh, they've sold 3 million uh, PlayStation VRs uh, since October 2016. So in about two years, they've sold about, one, uh, yeah, basically one and a half a year, basically, I think. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they've also said they've sold 21.9 million games and experiences, as they call them, uh, for, for PlayStation VR as well. Um, yeah, but uh, doing the math here, according to the the NPD's uh, Matt Piscatella, uh, you know he, we've they've sold 82 million PS4s uh, worldwide. So that means that less than four percent of PS4 owners have picked up a, a, a VR headset. Um, so he said, "quote uh, that immersive VR is highly likely to stay niche. He's, uh, it can be a nice little business, but that's about it, in my opinion." Is what he said, um, but yeah, uh, the, they also released a list of the most played VR games. Uh, you wouldn't be su- you would be not surprised to learn that Skyrim is is at the top there, uh, followed by PlayStation VR Worlds, which was bundled with a lot of them, uh, Rec Room, uh, Resident Evil Seven, and the Playroom VR. Um, those are the top five games. Uh, number six was Job Simulator, which is my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> Any idea where? Uh... What's the one where VR Surgeon or whatever it's called? Uh, oh, uh, damn. I don't know. It's not, it's not on this top 10 list. Okay. okay. I, don't, I don't know beyond that what, what everything ranked. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I, I, I think this is what we figured when VR was first announced. Like, it's okay. It's not at a point where it's like in the movies. It's not like Ready Player One. We're not quite there yet. But <laughs> it, it is cool. And uh, PS in. PlayStation VR is like the cheapest way to get into it, all things considering. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, we realize, okay, at best, this is going to be a niche thing. It's like, it's not like the next Uncharted game is going to be VR only or anything crazy right, like yeah. that. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I think that's kind of part of you know why it hasn't quite caught on. This. I mean, obviously, the, even though it's the, one of the cheaper VR options. Uh, you know, it is still a three hundred dollar minimum investment uh, on top of your PlayStation uh, Four. Uh, so I, I guess it, I, I, you know, Resident Evil Seven is probably like I mean, aside from Skyrim, it, like Resident Evil Seven is probably the biggest, uh, uh, you know, like AAA investment in, into PlayStation VR uh, since the thing launched two years ago. Mm. Uh, so I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I kind of wonder what the what it would take to to get more people to dive in. Yeah, that was the most effect that I've uh, seen a take on a game because I, bl- I I think the common uh, explanation from Capcom is the whole reason that Resident Evil 7 was first person is because they wanted to integrate VR with it. Right. Which, uh, you know what, from what I hear, it was really scary playing it in VR. Like, I can't imagine playing that game in VR. No. <laughs> or, but at the same time, and Lucky agrees with me, 
And uh, though at the same time, I didn't think being in first person hurt the game in anything. I thought it did a fantastic job of amplifying the fear there. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. But anything else you have to say on VR, buddy? Uh, nope. Just wanted to, to kind of touch on that. Right on. All right. Moving on. Uh, moving on is uh, Cyberpunk 2077 had a presence at Gamescom. Uh, we had some of the screenshots. Game looks really fucking good still. Um, and uh, CD Projekt Red, the developer, uh, or rather the producer of the game, uh, Richard Borzimowski, uh, said that the game, even though the game doesn't have all of its assets in, you know, there's still bugs to be fixed. But uh, obviously, uh, there's lots of bugs to be fixed at this point. But <laughs> uh, he, he did say that you can play through the entire game and see the story uh, at this point. Uh, so that, that sounds like we, we are a major part of the way through uh, that game's development. Yeah, maybe like one or two years we'll fu- we'll uh, get the game. Do you think? <laughs> um, you know, it's obviously not coming this year, but I I, I think ho- I, hopefully it'll be ready by by the end before before twenty twenty. <laughs> I think. Uh, All right, I got one for you. Now there are a lot of rumors that uh, you know PlayStation Five may be coming in twenty twenty. Uh-huh. What are the odds do you think this game is going to be a next-gen game? Um, zero. Oh. I'm not convinced that we're getting a new console in 2020. And if we do, I don't think it'll, the game will be up well before that. Like, 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 I'm not counting on them delaying the game so they can also launch it on new systems when, you know, we've got 80 million PS4s and, like, 30 million Xbox Ones that they could sell to. Yeah, and to be fair, we're pretty... <laughs> We're pretty much at the the limit right here. I mean, the play, PlayStation Four looks great and all that. I don't know, and the Pro I think does a fan. Yeah, as much as people get on its case for not being as big as uh, the Xbox One X and what have you, I thought the Pro d- does a fine job of upgrading the graphics just a little bit. No, oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, so, uh, it, I can definitely understand your point there. That you know, why would we <laughs> put it in another <laughs> console, especially since we just introduced a $500 million, a $500 million, a $500 million console, PS4 <laughs> console. And yeah, fair to like, it, do you think this will break PS2's record before it's all said and done? Um, I don't know that. That was a lot of PS2s. That was a lot of PS2s. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, maybe they just write it out. Uh, ultimately though, if I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they already have like a concept and basic idea and they're just waiting for Microsoft or or uh, Nintendo. Like word is already that there's going to be a higher def- HD Switch edition that's going to come out at some point, but we'll see on that. But yeah, if like Xbox like, hey, the new console's coming, then I kind of feel that would force Sony's hand. Like, all right, I guess we're going with this. If they go with the, uh, the PlayStation 5, I absolutely think it has to be backwards compatible at this point. Um, yeah, I think so too. Because um, I don't know, like even though Microsoft isn't hasn't caught up to Sony, uh, and I don't think it will uh, with the with the Xbox One. Uh, you know, the backwards compatibility of that system is a is a huge selling point for it, and and a large part of the reason, you know, why the people that do have Xbox Ones do love do love uh, you know having that backwards compatibility, um, especially especially if the, if they optimize the games. Because uh, like even the Xbox original games, uh, you can download them, uh, and some even some of those are, are Xbox One X enhanced, which is crazy. Like fucking Ninja Gaiden Black uh, is playable in fucking 4K for God's sake. <laughs> mm. uh, 
Like, that's fucking cool. On top of that, you know, I, I recently looked in my library. I think I have close to, like, 300 games digitally now. I don't know how the hell that happened, but it happened. <laughs> it's going to be really – and on top of that, I'm still getting, like, stuff like Yakuza's, like I've said – and as they come out, out on PlayStation 4 and quite a few other ones, it's going to be heartbreaking for me if PlayStation 5 comes out and they're like, okay, now go buy all that shit again. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I don't care if there's like a collection. Like, I don't know how you do a collection for Yakuza, but you know, it's still, <laughs> still, it's like, ugh. so like, yeah, it, unless they, like, me and Joe have talked about this, there's always a point where a, a, gaming company they become number one and they're that humble game company that you knew and fell in love with and then they get to a point where they're like you know what my shit doesn't stink and they do or say something really stupid and that costs them to fall into second place and they have to be that humble game company again <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully like if you want want to steal their seal their fate like if sony were to come be that stupid and say no backwards compatibility that would just be shooting themselves in the foot and microsoft or nintendo for that matter might take the lead yeah all right moving on all right moving on is uh, another little bit of news coming out of gamescom uh is uh ubisoft ceo yif gumo uh explaining that assassin's creed odyssey which uh comes out this year uh will not be followed by a game in 2019 uh he's come on said that there will not be a new assassin's creed title next year uh, instead of saying that Assassin's Creed Odyssey will be supported uh, for both of those years, uh, at the very least. Good. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, um, yeah, you know, people liked uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, which came out, you know, last year. Uh, you know, and that game had a two-year break between the last, what was it, Syndicate was the last one before that? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, and, you know, I think most people, uh, in, Assassin's Creed fans included, were, were kind of happy that the series took a break. Uh, and, you know, came back with Origins and, you know, came back in a huge way. You know, the people really liked, you know, uh, liked that character, uh, liked the, the, the revamped combat, all of that. And then they announced Odyssey uh, and everyone was kind of afraid that, ah, shit, we're coming back to a yearly cycle with this. Uh, but no, he said, he said, no, uh, he said, here's Gimo's quote exactly here. It says, quote, on Assassins, we had a game in, in, uh, in 2018 and we have one this year, but we are not going to have a full-fledged Assassins next year. Uh, it's just because the team were... Uh, we're working separately, so we have two games now, one year after the other. But next year, you're not going to have a fully fledged one. Uh, and you know, you could take that either way. Whether you know, it could be like a spinoff or or something smaller. Uh, like remember, a few years ago, they had those uh, those downloadable games, uh, uh, like Russia, China, and India. I think were the three settings uh, for the smaller, like two and a half D games that they had. Uh, so I don't know if they'll do something like that, maybe in between. Uh, but yeah, not a not a fully fledged game. Yeah, and and uh, Origins and uh, this Odyssey. Like, is yeah. Odyssey out right now or? No, no, that's out uh, in October, I believe. Okay. Well, Origins, I know, got actually really positive reviews for the most part, at least yeah. higher than normal from these from uh, an Assassin's Creed game. And uh, Odyssey looks like to be following the same vein and seems to be getting mostly positive previews from everywhere too. So. Uh, it seems like the new one is let's focus a lot more time than we usually do on these games and uh, then let it go and we give people a breather. And we've been like making the comments on how crowded and congested video game release months are no nowadays. Like this is probably for the best. Like 
because when it was coming out every year, I feel like it got lost in the shuffle, especially since it comes out usually in fall, which is now typically pretty congested nowadays. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. Are, out of curiosity, are you getting Odyssey? Um, yeah, I don't know that I am. Uh, just because, you know, I, I did enjoy what I played of Origins, but I, I haven't even played to that. <laughs> um, and, you know, with so many other games coming out uh, before and after Odyssey, um, I don't see it making the cut for me personally. Yeah, it's going up against Red Dead for Christ's sake. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, like every game, like, I'm pretty sure every game studio cried into a pillow once they heard Red Dead 2 was coming. <laughs> what was the first quarter 2019? Q1. Q1. Like, everyone's picking on some of the studios for announcing, uh, we're going to actually go- release in 2019. I'm like, good. Like, <laughs> wasn't a good idea to come out and fall. Spider-Man and Rockstar are pretty much going to clean up that, that year, I have a feeling. Or that, you know. Uh, anything else you have to, you want to say on this one, bud? No, just uh, just thought it was interesting that he, you know he would come out and say it because uh, like even before like you would if you'd think about like you know we'd be in this weird limbo like there's no really there's no real reason to announce you know that they're not making a new game for next year but you know, I just thought it was interesting that they did. Yeah. There will of course be another movie. So look oh, up. of course. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> the, wait, did they announce another movie? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, good, good, because it wasn't good anyway. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, moving on, we do have that release date, Malcolm, for uh, Shenmue 3. Uh, we yeah! It earlier. Uh, it is coming out August 27, 2019. Uh, so not today, but exactly one year from this recording. <laughs> you can expect it. Uh, or at least uh, at least that's what they say. <laughs> so, so it is one I, year from this recording. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, me being the pessimist here that, that I am, and you know this game having been kickstarted all the way back in 2015 originally promised for 2017 uh i wouldn't be surprised to see it slip into 2020 but you know that's just me yeah i'm gonna be nice on this one because you know our our friend of the show rk was so happy with this news like (laughs) he was texting us the the you know the story and what have you and you know what this is going to be a great day for him in a year from now hopefully so uh, (laughs) so i i really hope when the game comes out he, as well as a lot of people, have a lot of fun with it. I can't say for sure, and we'll, we'll blame this mo- mainly on my monetary situation if I'll be getting it, but it'll be interesting to see how that game does, let's just say. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think that, that it's going to take some cues from a game that got a lot of cues from it, and that's Yakuza, do you think? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I do not. God damn it, Joe. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people who like who really love Shenmue, uh, you know, love those games just as they are. So I don't see them fucking suddenly deciding to take the, this uh, any cues from Yakuza, uh, which you know, like uh, for all the cues that it's taken from Shenmue, it's also kind of established its own thing as like this, like on top of being the super serious, you know, Yakuza crime story. Uh, like the stuff in the background is all like super bizarre and like comedy. <laughs> so it's like, that's what I love so much about Yakuza is that it's, it's such a, like, it's two very different th- things happening at the same time where it's like the super serious thing and also the super goofy thing. Uh, and yeah, like I've never really gotten that from Shamu. Yeah, it is funny. Cause I go back to the, uh, Jim Sterling Shenmu review <laughs> video And he was talking about this one concept and correct me if I have what he's saying mistaken here, but apparently like you'll talk with characters and they'll say, Hey, 
I'll see you tomorrow. And when they say, I'll see you at this time tomorrow, they legit mean you have to go through several in-game hours, which are not full hours, but they're still long enough, and basically Mm. just waste time. Because you can't just go to bed and fall asleep and say, wake up at this time. No, you have to wait for nighttime. So you have to walk around town doing crap. And then finally, when nighttime comes, you can say, wake up at this time. But you don't want to wake up. At eight o'clock, because God forbid you miss seeing this character, so you have to wake up like two hours ahead of time, and then and so you can walk over there, <laughs> walk over there, and maybe just like I don't know, pace back and forth, because <laughs> uh, these characters all have schedules. So if they if you miss them, they go about doing their other thing, and you either have to wait until the next day to try what you're going to do at that certain point with a character, which is cool with, that. Each of these have uh, their own schedules, but at the same time, when you can't just skip time, which I hope that's, if it wasn't in the previous game, is a thing in Shenmue 3, it, I can imagine it being kind of frustrating. It's just kind of mind-boggling that you sort like, imagine playing Yakuza, and a character says, hey, I'll see you tomorrow, and you have to essentially play through an entire day. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. And, but sure, RK has like a counter argument to all this. Like, well, no, you could do this. Like, oh, okay, maybe you missed that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm <laughs> very interested to see how this game reviews and whatnot. But I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> Man. We love you, RK. Okay, don't <laughs> you love what you love? We ain't we ain't judging, man. We don't do that here on this show, except for you know, not Nick Cage, David Cage. Uh, oh yeah, those, those are all. Terrible. Yeah, Joe, Joe will judge the hell out of you. If you should play those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, what's the next story? Speaking of Yakuza, though, uh, as for, since we're here, um, the creator of the series, uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi, uh, he, he revealed that the game was originally pitched uh, to Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, uh, but only Sony <laughs> was went ahead and, and uh, went ahead and, and kind of supported the game, as both Microsoft and Nintendo. Uh, did not want to publish them uh, on their pl- respective platforms. Um, yeah, he 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 had there was an interview with Edge magazine uh, where he admitted that even Sega was against Yakuza at the start. Uh, he said to get his idea, and I'm reading this from uh, Gamespot by the way. He says to get this idea off the ground, he decided to secretly meet with Sega's new owners uh, after the company's merger with Sammy uh, to pitch the idea. Something he now admits was both irregular and wrong to do. But looking back on it, he thinks part of the reason for all the reluctance surrounding Yakuza. Was, uh, was a result of his narrow uh, audience scope. Uh, he said, quote, I abandoned the idea of selling worldwide. <laughs> Next, I decided I wouldn't mind if female players didn't like the game, then that no children were allowed. When I decided that, the only target left was a Japanese male, which I must say is a very narrow audience <laughs> <laughs> when you try to sell a fucking video game. Uh, but... Yeah, of course, uh, and you know, you know, as the franchise has grown uh, successful, uh, both uh, especially critically, uh, uh, apparently both Microsoft and Nintendo want back in. According to him, he said back then they said no, we don't want it. Now they say we want it. <laughs> they don't. They didn't understand uh, the reason why I created it. Um, and you know, the, the entire uh, throughout the entire lifetime of uh, the Yakuza franchise, you know, it's been a console exclusive for Sony uh, basically since the place since the PS2. Uh, and Yakuza Zero, I think, is the first one to even release outside of a PlayStation uh, platform because they just released that a couple months ago, I think, uh, on Steam. And I think that's the first uh, non-PlayStation, you know, Yakuza release. Uh, 
So yeah, that's uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Like I remember when the original Yakuza came out, it pretty much it it, it was like. The equivalent of what an indie title was back then, it came out to zero fanfare. Like, (laughs) it came out, and then, like, a year later, you heard about it. That's how indie it was. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's an open-world crime game. It's like, oh, cool, like, Grand Theft Auto? Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) No, because there aren't any guns or cars. (laughs) You're like, wait, what? (laughs) Also, the English job is very bad. Oh, great. (laughs) Uh, maybe I'll see you around, Yakuza. Yeah, a lot of cursing in that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have loved to have seen Mark Hamill's face when he saw the script for that because he voiced uh, Goro Mijima. Yeah. He, I can only imagine him looking at the script and like, why do I say shit face so much? <laughs> <laughs> you could say fuck face too. That's not better, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it it is super interesting because Yakuza, when that is a, a rise to power, if ever there was one, I wouldn't mind a biography entirely on the, on the Yakuza series, who basically went from nothing to rising to prominence, becoming one of the most endeared gaming titles, not only in Japan, but now the rest of the world as well, thanks to many of the remasters and especially Yakuza 0. And uh, it's, it's very cool. It's very cool. Uh, but... That is interesting. I, I do. I do like. Well, I don't like it, but you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine Yakuza. On, well, then again, we have Bayonetta as a Nintendo character now, so I guess I could imagine <laughs> it. But yeah. La Noir is on Switch too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to put certain games on Switch anymore. Uh, but yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, some. I guess at this point, you know, the game's been on PlayStation for so long that you kind of associate it with, with, with you know that platform. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but uh, once again, super excited. Kiwami's coming out. Uh, another game that that studio is making. This is just a little aside here. Uh, did you hear about Fist of the North Star: Lost Paradise? Um, is that another Fist of the North Star game, or is that the same one that they announced a while ago? Uh, that's the same one that they announced it a while ago. It's uh, it's coming out on October second. Which yes, mm. in the Red Dead two month unfortunately but is that coming out here in october or is that in japan not only is it coming out here on october 2nd joe but there's also going to be an english dub version for some ungodly reason (laughs) (laughs) and also interesting they have a collector's edition which includes uh an alternate cover for your game case as well as a bonus dlc a talisman set uh, now, Joe, guess how much your this uh, special edition is going to cost you? I, I'm sure it's going to be a cool, reasonable sixty nine ninety nine. Close fifty nine ninety six. Oh, hey, yeah, the the cost of the actual game. How about that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah, that's not bad. That's actually fairly reasonable. It's actually super reasonable. <laughs> it's like that, and it's a shame because I do love Fist of the North Star, and it's one of those games where you know, once again, if m- money was steady, I would definitely put it on the on the birthday list but yeah unfortunately it's like coming out in a weird month i'll probably buy it when it goes on sale but it does for for the record it does look like a really fun and interesting take on fist of the north star which is usually this ultra serious you know i punch you in the face and you explode for some reason but they they incorporate (laughs) they actually made it a point to incorporate a lot of humor in it and make it a little bit more enjoyable so if you like Yakuza, you might get a kick out of this one too. No pun intended. <laughs> okay. 
All right, Joe. Anything else about Yakuza or Fist of the North Star? Uh, no, but yeah, go ahead and play Yakuza. Those yeah. are good games. <laughs> I'll be Check playing. I'll be playing quite a bit of it in a moment. But anyway, moving on. Uh, moving on. Uh, we've uh, we've got another Kickstarter story here, Malcolm. Uh, oh, coming oh. up. Oh God. <laughs> With uh, Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night. Uh. Uh, uh, that game has been delayed into 2019. Mm. Uh, on top of that, the PlayStation Vita version is also uh, no longer in the pipeline. That version has been canceled. Mm. Uh, yeah, so Koji Igarashi, uh, he made these announcements uh, on Kickstarter. Uh, he said that the recent uh, demo that they provided to to, to backers um, showed that the game needs to <laughs> needs some more polish. Uh, and then he he yeah he said quote uh, when sincerely apologize for any convenience or, or disappointment, but rest assured we're working harder than ever to deliver the game we all made to happen we all made happen together. Uh, please bear with us for a little longer. I thank you for it continuously. Um, yeah, but, you know, in the meantime, they did release uh, that other uh, Bloodstained game, uh, Curse of the Moon, uh, which is an 8-bit uh, kind of, like, throwback game. Uh, looks like the original Castlevania. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about that. So maybe if you're a little, if you're if you're chomping at the bit here for, for Ritual of the Night, uh, you can go ahead and check out Curse of the Moon. Yeah, I believe, and I believe it's like five bucks, too. So I don't think it's that cheap. If it was that cheap, I think I would have bought it. <laughs> uh, um, but let me let me double check. Yeah, as you check that out, uh, yeah, it serves as a prequel to the main game. So if you are looking for the backstory for it, there you go. And as Joe said, it's may it's very reminiscent of uh, Castlevania with like Shovel Knight style gameplay improvements. I feel so. Uh, if you're looking for a, a good game, go check that out. It is nine ninety nine, so that yeah, I might check that out. <laughs> that's not okay. That's not that much worse than I thought, but yeah, nine ninety nine. It's it's not bad from what I've heard. There've been a pl- few playthroughs already, and people have enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I'm kind of bummed to hear this, but at the same time, you know, I I still have more faith in this than I did with uh, Mighty Number no. Nine. Like, oh I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know some people are scared that this will be another one of those, but. I don't think they need to worry. Like Mighty Number no. Nine during development, we had like radio silence for the longest time. Right. With this one, we've had a prequel come out. We've had demos come out. So they're obviously working on it, and uh, they're listening to feedback most importantly. And they're like, "Okay, it's not quite there yet. Let's work on it some more." Trust me. You, n- let's not forget the story of uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. If <laughs> if there are problems, it's okay for them to to delay it if it means that the game will come out better than it was, was before. So the confusing thing for me is the whole Vita situation. Like granted, it's been a while since the, the initial Kickstarter took place and Vita's not quite what it was back then. If that, if you can believe that. So, (laughs) but at the same time, it's like, how is it really that difficult to make a Vita version? Um, probably not, but I, I assume that the time and money, that it would take to port that is probably just better served, <laughs> you know, making sure the game comes out uh, sooner. Uh, and Frank, and, and you know, like I'm sure there, you know, there were people that backed that Vita version or you know elected that one. But like I, I assume that the the number of people who who chose the Vita version uh, was small enough to, for them to be like, all right, we can <laughs> we can offer these guys either a refund or or uh, you know a key for a different version of the game instead. It's not a big deal. Uh, mm. It's oh. a trade that I would make as well. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, to be on and to be frank, I didn't know that they did that, and which I don't believe they did for Mighty Number no. Nine. Oh God, Mighty Number no, no, yeah. Um, and you know, and too with 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 this particular game is that you know there there is a Switch version available, uh, and that more than kind of that's yeah that that more than makes up for for the Vita version, I think. Now, question: uh, If you do get Bloodstained Ritual, are you getting it for Vita or are you getting it for PS4? Well, I can't get it for Vita, Malcolm. That's the, that's the story. <laughs> oh, not Vita. You had it. <laughs> God damn it, Switch. <laughs> um, I think I might get it for Switch because uh, there's, I mean, there's no, I mean, it's the kind of game where it's like graphically the games are probably going to run just like just fine either way. Um, like, I don't think there's going to be much of a performance uh, difference there. So like the, the ability to take it, you know, with me you know, or play it on the couch while I watch, you know, Raw or something or whatever the hell. Uh, yeah, it's hard to beat that. Yeah. I, I've, I've been, I've actually been kind of waffling back and forth uh with with uh with other games uh like that too like even valkyria chronicles 4 uh that's coming out on switch as well and i, I downloaded the demo for both the ps4 and the switch just to see and and you know the ps4 version it looks a little cleaner but not so much so that like like the switch version doesn't look like that much worse than the ps4 version like it still looks as good as like the ps3 game <laughs> so it's like uh i don't know yeah, and now that I think about it, back when I worked at uh, Metro PCS, uh, I had uh, Symphony of the Night loaded on my Vita, and I would just play that on my lunch breaks and what have you. So I can see the appeal in having this on the Switch ready to go. Yeah. You know, so, and, and you're right, it doesn't look like it would be that graphically difficult, but then again, you know, let's not forget the cold, hard lesson that was WWE 2K on Switch. Well, I mean, that was a different game. <laughs> that was a very different kind of game. Like that, like those WWE games are supposed to be like photorealistic and shit. So it's like the, uh, the big dog was too big to fit on that switch. <laughs> big dog eats a bigger kennel. Indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like it's. I mean, just because it's not like a like you know these like ultra realistic 3D game uh, doesn't mean that there can't be performance issues. Like I like Dead Cells came out a little while ago. I think that kind of loaded a little slower on the on the on the switch and it did like on ps4 and xbox or whatever um so you know those kinds of issues still can still exist but for for a game like that that's not necessarily a deal breaker so right on all right we'll see i'm still debating i might get it on switch but then again i hate getting anything digitally on switch so we'll see what happens yeah i mean yeah that's the only thing is that fuck (laughs) (laughs) like like not being able to buy a game physically on switch just just seems like a bad idea Hmm. all right what's the next story bud uh, next story uh, out of Gamescom here is, uh, yes, we do have a release date for Devil May Cry 5. Uh, that is March 8th, 2019. So not January, February, like you said, or like as you were guessing, but March 8th. Uh, and uh, I did not watch the gameplay footage that they released, but there are there is 20 minutes of it. Uh, and from what I gather, uh, the game's looking real good. It is. And Devil May Cry, by the way, give you an idea what it's going up against. It is going up against Tom Clancy's Division 2. Right. Here, just to give you an idea of how congested this month is. March. Okay, so Devil May Cry coming out March 8th. The next week, we have Tom Clancy's Division 2. Followed by the next week, we have Sekiro Shadows Die Twice on the 22nd. So, goddamn. But anyway, <laughs> to the original story. Uh, yeah, it, it looks really interesting and whatnot. Now, granted, uh, me and Joe had mixed feelings going into this at E3, mainly because, uh, 
the director was like finally a real one i'm like okay stop picking on dmc dude come on that game was so good god damn it stop just stop fucking what the hell's wrong with everybody (laughs) like everything that i've seen like 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 a lot of the coverage i've seen for don't make cry 5 has been you know along those lines of like like don't make cry is back baby it's like look man (laughs) like like, dmc was great so fucking (laughs) settle your tea color there yeah exactly and god forbid your game game pulls an arkham knight where it's like batman's back and they're like mm. <laughs> like, like this game looks great no question about it oh god fucking, yeah it's like a- god damn it <laughs> dmc was great and i will not hear any ill words spoken of it god damn it <laughs> so and, but the game does look great and it's i guess uh what did you think of uh not to skip to the end but uh what did you think of dante's new motorcycle blades uh fucking cool <laughs> it is cool swords Stupid of Trent. Hell. ridiculous but fucking cool freaking old man dante and his freaking swords that turn to a motorcycle <laughs> uh but that looks cool i was a little weirded out by nero though i do like uh his uh his sidekick who makes some arms and what have you. She's cool. But yeah. uh, we saw some of the gameplay and uh, the combat in it. It, it looks super, looks super. And uh, we also saw some, what I assume are boss fights, or then again, these could be just enemies you walk across in this <laughs> world you know, that just looked freaking incredible. So like the, the fighting looks crazy, which is essentially the core of devil may cry. So I still have no idea what the story is, which I guess is for the best, but It'll be interesting. It's, but the game looks really, really cool. And for those of you who like Devil May Cry, and I, I think this will be solid. Yeah. Uh, can I get a silly Malcolm story out of the way? Uh, please. All right. So one of the other things that we saw there, there a trailer for uh, Jump Force was uh, shown off during Gamescom, which showed off some new characters uh, that from uh, various uh, series. Uh, some, well, some new, some not. Uh, we Vegeta was confirmed. Uh, being in Jump Force uh, in a uh, cool little uh, montage video, as was from the series Hunter x Hunter. We saw saw Gon, the main character, and his rival Hisoka from the, from the game, mm. as well as we also saw Sanji. Uh, we've also saw Rukia and uh, Aizen from Bleach, as well. So. The roster's starting to fill up is what I'm trying to say. So it looks like super good. So I'm starting to get... I was already pretty pumped. So I'm very curious to see what other anime characters we'll see in this. As I don't believe we have a (laughs) release date yet, but it's coming together nicely. All right. So I know you're not an anime guy. So unless you have anything (laughs) to say. Uh, All right. Next story here. We got Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Malcolm. Uh, Around Gamescom, they announced that that game is getting a collector's edition. Uh while also announcing that the game is coming out March 22nd, 2019. Uh, so if you want that collector's edition, uh, it comes with a 7-inch Shinobi statue, an art book, a physical map, some replica game coins, a digital soundtrack, and the steelbook. Uh, I did not see what the price was on that, but it looks pretty neat. It's probably going to be $500, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty steep for a 7-inch statue. <laughs> Because uh, it sounds amazing, but it's probably going to be too expensive. <laughs> Let's try to keep it less. It'll probably be like one forty nine ninety nine. I could see it with the statue, though. If they could get it to like ninety nine or even eighty nine, that would be possible for me. You know, especially at eighty nine. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, that sounds actually really, really cool. I love art books. Uh, did they say a did you say a soundtrack in there too? Yeah, there's a digital soundtrack. Oh, okay. There, there are the two requirements for me to con consider your uh, collector's edition: an art book and a soundtrack. So off <laughs> to a great start. Um, I do like the in-game coin stuff. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen any of the gameplay footage from Gamescom? Uh, I saw it, and it does look very impressive. Yeah, it's like they decided, hey, what if we took Neo but added Spider-Man to it? Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good lord, this th this guy was flying all over the screen. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at GameStop, by the way. Uh, apparently, the collector's edition is exclusive to there uh, for the price of eighty nine ninety nine. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's only like 30 bucks more. That's not too crazy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good on you, man. Good on you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really liked it. it. An interesting thing is with this one, differentiating it from all other Souls-like games before it, is there's no stamina bar. So, in, you know, in previous games, you would swing your sword around and it, or run around and it would drain your stamina, as did evading. Uh, with this one, no, go to town. Uh, but the thing is, your enemy can go to town too, so you got to be careful. <laughs> and uh, it is possible to one-shot most, if not all, the enemies, it looks like, too, if you can meet uh, certain conditions, as with your posture, which is another big thing. Uh, that's how you take out enemies. If you can bring their posture down all the way down, then you can one-shot them. Another interesting thing, and this is why the game is called Shadows Die Twice, Joe, is the ability to die and you can resurrect yourself probably up to two times uh, or once who knows as uh, i remember like in one of the gameplay footage uh, the character was killed off by an enemy you get the you died i had photo and the enemy sheaths his sword and starts to walk away and then the player re resurrects himself and starts attacking from behind to kill off the enemy which was an interesting little little bit of strategy there so uh, it looks good. I'm really excited about this. Uh, how do you feel about Sekiro, Joe? Uh, well, it is promising and that, you know, there's enough to differentiate it from the Souls games that I just can't get into. Uh, but yeah, it's still, there's still enough uh, similarity there that it makes me have to wait and see if, uh, to, to really to really make sure that I want to try Because <laughs> goddammit, I want to get burned again. Oh, wait till you see that Darksiders 3 uh, gameplay footage. You're not going to be happy then. <laughs> All right. What's the uh, next story, buddy? All right. Next story here. I've got some breaking news uh, fresh off the presses today. Uh, for the first time in 24 years, Malcolm. The NWO <laughs> is back now. <laughs> There's a new Streets of Rage game. Streets of Rage 4, baby. It's back. Yeah. Year 2018. Who uh, asked for this? <laughs> but... Let's that. Uh, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. All right, because you know what, Streets of Rage, those games are cool as shit. <laughs> those games are those games are incredible. Like even going back to those, like yeah, those games still play super well. The soundtracks are amazing, so amazing that fucking Yuzo Koshiro is credited on the fucking title screen for it, <laughs> like along with the rest of the copyrights. Like copyright Sega, copyright Yuzo Koshiro <laughs> music. It's like because it's fucking great. Uh, uh, yeah, and this is being developed by uh, three different studios, I believe. Uh, it's being developed in partnership between Da Emu, Lizard Cube, and Guard Crush Games. Uh, the trailer that they showed off—it's um, not—it's not gonna be pixel art. They, they went with a hand-drawn art style, and it looks pretty good. Um, they did not 
you know, announce anything close to a release date or even, you know, what systems it will be on, but I can assume it'll be on, you know, all of the relevant platforms. So, um, cool, cool, cool. Fucking A. It'll be a Steam exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Give me the fucking game. Uh, You know, all kidding aside, you know, like I, I was joking with Joe. It's, it's like, I don't know, after Shaq Fu and that disappointment. <laughs> well, the thing is, Shaq Fu was never a good game. No. Or as Streets of Rage were always great. To be fair, you're absolutely right, Joe, which makes Shaq Fu a, probably the truest successor to that game that you could ever hope for. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, in another game that gives me hope is uh, Sonic Mania. Sonic, you know, Sega, you know, they, they realized that they weren't fucking doing anything around with Sonic. So they went and huff and said, hey, how about you guys handle it? And they handled it beautifully. And, and to be fair, it was a better game than the other game that Sega was doing for Sonic. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. So I... I'm happy to see this. Hopefully, they 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 chose the right partners the way they did with uh, Sonic Mania, and we get the Streets of Rage game that people have been pining for for 24 years. I, I did find it interesting that it looks like Axel has aged, or at the very <laughs> least, he grew a beard. Meanwhile, uh, what, what was the other character's name? Rose? Uh, no, her name. What? Jeez, I forget, forget her name. Her, it's it's, uh, it's Axel and uh, shit. Shit, shit, shit. And- Anyway, Blaze, shit. Blaze, 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 Blaze. Her name is Blaze. I love that Axel aged a little bit. Meanwhile, Blaze is still smoking hot. No pun. <laughs> <laughs> so, and to be fair, like granted, uh, Streets of Rage Three had skates, which is hard to get by, get past. But Joe is right. The first, uh, especially the first two, I feel were considered classics for the Sega Genesis. Uh, hopefully, they get a f- more forgiving interview or reviewer than uh Dra- double dragon neon got but uh yeah all right you know what it has my interest though i'll, I'll give it that i'm very curious to see how this looks streets of rage baby god ah <laughs> oh. <laughs> man that music is so good like ah oh, god i can't overstate how fucking cool streets of rage is and continues to be fuck <laughs> all right well i'm happy you're happy bro <laughs> All right. Well, what's the next one? Uh, we've got a big uh, we've got a big batch of Battlefield Five news here. Oh, uh, oh boy! Actually, uh, I guess the first uh, of which is that apparently the game is not pre-ordering uh, very well, or at least not up to. Or I guess the the comparison here is that it's it's pre-ordering uh, at at a rate that is eighty five percent. Is that the number? Uh, less than than Black Ops Four, uh, Call of Duty. It was either uh, seventy five or eighty five percent. Something. That is not <laughs> nothing small. That is that is to be sure. Uh, which is yeah, it's it doesn't sound great. Um, but you know, I mean, it's. I guess if we wanted to to kind of like give them some some leeway here, uh, for one, like Battlefield has never trended uh, equally to to Call of Duty. Like it's always been the number two game uh, sales wise uh, behind that franchise. So that's not necessarily, uh, an indicator of it, you know, necessarily flopping. Uh, and, uh, and two, like, who, like who, like, so it's, it's interesting to see like how much, like how much they'll actually be selling. Um, cause I don't think the game necessarily will be a flop, um, either, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is interesting, especially since, you know, call of duty this year, they said no story mode or anything like that. Yeah. Battlefield comes out. Hey, don't worry, we'll still have that. 
And yeah, like I mean, it's not like a full story. Like it, I think they're doing what they did with Battlefield One, where it's like a bunch of, uh, you know, miniature, like a bunch of like missions across you know different perspectives from different soldiers in different parts of of World War Two, uh, which was a cool thing that they did that they did with Battlefield One, uh, and I think that's what they're doing with Battlefield Five as well. Now, did they, this game get a lot of flack because this is the game where they had female? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah, because people are terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, but, and, and another story from that is that you know uh, one of the developers from Battlefield Five said that it's a shame uh, that we that they didn't. He said, "quote uh, I mean, if we're getting on the bandwagon, I created Battlefield One. This is uh, the producer of Battlefield Five. Mm. Uh, he said I created Battlefield One, and we could have jumped on the bandwagon that time around." Uh, he said, I think it's a shame we didn't add women uh, because that perhaps would have been better for us. I don't think it's a bandwagon thing. I think it's about gamers wanting to express themselves in different ways. If you take a look at Battlefield historically, it's, about, it's been about expressing yourself through gameplay, uh, solving problems the way you want to. And those these characters fall perfectly in line with that thinking. So, um, yeah, like the, it's, it's been kind of ridiculous uh, because, of course, people can fucking complain uh, <laughs> about including people that aren't exactly like them. Uh so yeah, that's yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's like, and, and some people are saying historical inaccuracy, and you know it. As far as us, us being the United States, which also is the initials is us, but sending women <laughs> over there, may you know perhaps. But at the same time, if you look at our allies, like a lot of them were in the very countries they were fighting in. I would be willing to bet money that there were women fighting on those lines as well. Yeah, I would say that yes, <laughs> women women play. It turns out women play a major part in any part of world history. It turns out, uh, so fucking maybe settle the fuck down, assholes. <laughs> and, and you know what? Uh, I think the director makes a good point there too. Like, granted, even if it is true historically that there were no women women uh, fighting there, which is not, but let's just pretend it is. Then, but you know, at the same time, you know, women buy this game too. So, you know, maybe they want to accentuate themselves or their character by having it be a woman because either they are or maybe they enjoy playing female characters. <laughs> Who knows? You know? Yes, because it shouldn't fucking matter. It shouldn't matter. No. <laughs> that is the lesson here. No. Like, stop filling your fucking diapers and just fucking pick the guy if you want to play as a guy. What's the big deal? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, now, Joe, do you think the uh, decrease is due to the whole debacle with uh, the female character or um no <laughs> i mean it's i mean it's not a, that's well the number isn't like relative to battlefield one it's relative only to call of duty so like i don't know if it's trending less than battlefield one or if like call of duty just saw a spike in its own pre-orders to kind of like i don't know or maybe or some combination of both uh like i don't know what what created this disparity so it's it's hard to say hmm. uh, what actually is causing uh this pre-order drought, I guess, but I would I wouldn't wager that that fucking inclusion of female characters is, that's is a, what it is. That's a lot of assholes right there. So what I'm saying, man. <laughs> uh, and it is interesting and kind of a shame because you know Battlefield, like I said, is like actually trying to incorporate some story elements while Call of Duty. It's like now we're 100 percent multiplayer, and they're crushing them in pre-orders by a significant margin and. The Activision and Call of Duty are going to see that and like, see, we were right to cut out story. No one cares. (laughs) In fact, it deterred people from getting the game. (laughs) But yeah, it's 
it's a shame name, I guess, but we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I haven't been keeping up with, with uh battlefield uh, that much. So maybe the game doesn't look that incredible. I don't know. Um, another thing that, that, that I, I'm keeping, like, I'm not going to, like, I don't think I'm going to be buying battlefield five, at least not right away. Mm. Um, but uh, one of the things that is keep make worth keeping an eye on though, is that, you know, they announced a little while ago that they're putting a battle Royale game uh, mode into the game. Uh, as well, and uh, out of Gamescom, they said that uh, it's not actually being developed by Dice, who's, who's developing the rest of the game. Uh, they haven't said which studio it is exactly that's working on it, uh, the Battle Royale mode, um, which, by the way, isn't even launching with the game. It'll be patched in later um, through an update. But yeah, it's interesting that that you know different studios can be handling that part of the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add on this one, bud? Uh, no. But I've got some. Oh wait. Uh, they did announce an open beta for that game as well. By the way, though, uh, if you want to check it out, uh, it will kick off September fourth for pre-orders. Uh, while everyone else will get it September sixth. So hmm, okay. Not if bad. you want to check, if you want to check out the games, you want to tell about. Um, you've got. You'll be able to do so in about what a week, yeah. week and a half. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I'll check it out. I'll check that out. <laughs> there you go. All right, moving on. Uh, meanwhile, at EA proper, uh, one of the top executives there, Patrick Soderlund, uh, has left or, or is leaving the company, uh, and uh, he's he has been their chief design officer for for a while. Ever since uh, ever since EA acquired Dice, he used to be the head of Dice, uh, and then EA bought Dice, and then he left Dice. It's <laughs> head to be their chief design officer at EA. And he's been in that role basically since then. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of a big deal because he, he kind of oversaw a lot of stuff uh, since then. Uh, according to the statement from uh, EA, it says, from his early vision for Frostbite, which has now become a cornerstone of our technology strategy, to being a champion for our players' first experiences, Patrick has always ensured that we put this creative at the center of everything we do, according to Andrew Wilson, which is the CEO uh, of EA. Um, yeah, so, you know, obviously Frostbite is uh, kind of the engine behind, I think, pretty much all of EA's games now. Uh, I think they developed it first for like Battlefield Three, and then it's gone. It's gone on to power basically everything that EA does. Uh, you know, they've made Need for Speed games with it. They've made, uh, I think, FIFA's running on Frostbite now. Uh, I think Mass Effect Andromeda is on Frostbite, but I don't think that was the engine's fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so that's obviously a big deal. Uh, now, this guy who stepped down, he was one of the speakers at that really boring EA conference at E3, wasn't he? Uh, probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, all I remember of this story is he got a substantial amount of money when he left. Yeah, because that's what happens. Nothing. <laughs> God, I fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you can be a fucking executive at a major corporation, the best thing you can do for yourself is quit or be fired. Because <laughs> you're gonna get like twenty million dollars for doing nothing. <laughs> For not good for not doing a goddamn thing, um, so good on him, I guess, for that. I would um, love to get a bonus like that every time <laughs> I was fired. Oh man, uh, I mean, the last year or so has not been great for EA overall. You know, with you know Battlefront Two and its loot boxes and whatnot. Uh, yeah, and I don't think they've even put out you know like a a, a, a really great game in a while. Um, you know, Battlefield One was pretty good, but you know, like not they just haven't been publishing great games at the same clip that they used to. Like, I remember the glory days were, were not too long ago where, where they had, like, 
Rock Band and, and the original Mirror's Edge and, and Dead Space all coming out at the same time. We're like, wow, yeah, he's back, baby. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, now it's basically just uh, basically just the space sports games and, and Battlefield. Because, like, even Need for Speed is falling off a cliff in a pretty bad way. It's just FIFA. And, yeah. And the depressing part is, despite the fact they haven't really produced anything cutting edge or really that grabs the industry's attention, they're making money hands over fist. So they have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because those, uh, you know, for all the crap that we gave, uh, you know, loot boxes and for out of Battlefront too, uh, you know, EA Sports has a pretty good business model with uh, with Madden and uh, and FIFA with a, what's called the Ultimate Team Mode, where you buy you know card packs to to build like fantasy teams mm. uh, that you play online with, uh, and you know that that's that's huge business for them. So while you know it didn't work out for for Battlefront too, it sure as hell worked out for. Madden FIFA. Yeah, it's like there's really, yeah, it's funny. It's like Star Wars, you know, the, the Star Wars fan base ripped that apart. Meanwhile, FIFA, whose soccer, I would say, probably the fan base there dwarfs the Star Wars contingent. They're oh, real. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not even close. Yeah, it's like they're cool. They're fine with it. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes more sense in a sports context, you know, like, you know, you, you grew up buying, you know, trading cards, you know, and it kind of worked the same way there. Right, right. Uh, so it's not too huge of a leap. It makes more sense there. I can give them that much, you know, of a of a shadow of a doubt or whatever. But, you know, in, in you know, in something like Battlefront 2, where it basically amounts to a play to win model. <laughs> or a pay to win model. It's like, yeah, that's yeah, no, no one wants that. <laughs> oh boy. Anything else you have to say on this one, buddy? Uh, no, uh, congrats on your 20 million, I guess, guy. <laughs> maybe send a few over to our way, man. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. You know what? Just pay my credit card bills. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. I'd be fine with that too, to be honest. <laughs> if I, if I didn't have these credit card bills any month, every month, uh, with my same income, I could live like a fucking king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fucking dead. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. What what else happened? All right, moving on. Uh, I think this is coming out of uh, Gamescom as well. But Soul Calibur Six, uh, that got some more details. Uh, people will be happy to know that you'll be able to download some day one DLC there, <laughs> along with your season pass. Uh, oh boy! Yeah, they, yeah. They they revealed a new game gameplay trailer featuring Tira. Uh, yeah, Tira, who. Um, I think she was introduced in Soul Calibur 3. Fan favorite of character. Uh, yes, will be available for purchase on day one. Uh, people are not super happy about that. No, they are not. <laughs> like nothing like announcing DLC and a season pass uh, for your game before it's even out. Oh, yeah. And plus she's like a really highly liked character. Yes. So it'd be like, hey, Street Fighter 6, Ken Masters, day one DLC. Come on. <laughs> like, motherfuck you. What the fuck? <laughs> Kids like M. Bison, well, you can get him for four ninety nine. Come on, man. <laughs> or 2000 fight bucks or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will say some of the changes they made to, made to that game, where it's like it's 100,000 fight bucks to get the character, and you're, you get like maybe 50 fight bucks for an online game when you win. <laughs> and uh, I used to just, re just play the story modes or the mini stories to get money, but... You can't do that now with a recent up 
with an update. So it's either you spent, you keep fighting, getting 50 points here and there until you have an amount, or you just buy the character now. So yeah. And you probably will just buy the character. Cause not only do you have to play those matches, you, yeah, I think you get substantially more if you actually win those matches. Uh, so not, not, not the best. No, it's, it's like 50. If you win, it's higher if you do the ranked fights, but it's like 50 for a normal one and you get zero if you win. So it's like, Oh great. Now there's even more pressure to win. If, <laughs> Uh, I just want to play a Sagat for fuck's sakes. Come on, man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, it, but anyway, you know, yeah, a lot of people were pissed off about this and rightfully so. I would say it's like, it's a little early. <laughs> like say what you will about street fighter, mortal Kombat, and justice. They didn't start by talking about DLC characters before the game freaking came out. You, know, you, you tell them what characters are in there. You let them enjoy it. And then maybe four to six months after the game comes out, then you're like, okay, so DLC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't start off. Don't, don't be a dick. Come on. That, that's kind of what you're doing right now. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, yeah. Like, I think even Ed Boon, you know, who, who did create, you know, does Injustice and Mortal Kombat games. He was on Twitter. He was like, that's one way to go about it. <laughs> <laughs> And he kind of perfected it because he came out in front and said, yeah, there's going to be extra characters, but he- here's who you're playing as right now. Like, you don't uh, – it, it just – it it drives me crazy. It's like, no, no, dude, you, you already fucked up. Come on. <laughs> That's essentially another example of people thinking their shit doesn't stink right there. Like, hey, we're Soul Calibur. People love the fuck out of us. Like, th- these are the – Not si- that much. No. Not that much. <laughs> Soul Calibur is made by the same guys who made Tekken, right? Uh, I don't think it's necessarily the same like studio, but it is. Yeah, they are both uh, Namco games. Yeah. All right, I was about to say Harada, reel it in, but okay, I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> no, no Harada-san, no, he knows better than that. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably having a good laugh about it right now. It's like, uh, amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> My Harada-san impression, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I, I've got to take a look at some more reaction vin- videos. Uh, but no, the reaction was not good. And uh, <laughs> God, God damn. All right. Anything else you got on Soul Calibur? Or? Uh, no, sir. All right. Unless you got anything else. Do you got any other stance on this one, bud? No, I just think it's dumb. <laughs> it's just a dumb way to do business. And Joe is completely 100% right on <laughs> God. All right, moving on, buddy. Uh, moving on, uh, we've got some Persona news, Malcolm. Uh, really? Yeah, well, I mean, we haven't recorded in a while, so it's a couple weeks old, oh, but okay. I want to talk about it uh, because those two Persona dancing games, Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight and Persona 5 Dancing in the Starlight, uh, you know, before it was announced that they would be re- re- uh, releasing here uh, in early 2019, but no, sir, they're actually coming December 4th on PlayStation 4 and Vita. Uh, so for those who still want to buy Vita games, uh, here, here's that list throwing you bone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those, those games, uh, yeah, like, oh yeah, they also announced too that uh, that there's a special edition package as well called the Endless Night Collection, which not only contains both of those games, uh, but also a digital copy of Persona 4 Dancing All Night, which was uh, previously uh, a Vita exclusive game. Uh, so if you want, you want to plunk down a hundred bucks, get those three games, uh, in a, in a nifty little package. Uh, I say go for it. Cause that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that persona four game was fun as hell. And for those of you thinking that, Oh, this is just essentially rock band for persona that no. it is, it is canon. <laughs> it is. 
<laughs> and you'd be wrong. It's not Rock Band. It's, it's, it's Hatsune Miku for Persona. <laughs> Whatever. It's a rhythm game is my point. <laughs> Even though... Made be... the made those Hatsune Miku games, so... Yeah. So, like, I, I've seen gameplay footage of it, and I'm looking at it like, yeah, there's no way I can ever accomplish this. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it's canon. The sto- Like, there is a story with yeah, each game. Story it's like... If you're reading, like, uh, they did this famously with Persona 4, and uh, what happened, the events that take place in this game are, in fact, canon, much like the events in the fighting game for Persona 4. (laughs) By the way, get ready for the Persona 5, Persona 3 fighting games coming out, I'm sure. Actually, they've already happened. A few of them are involved in that other fighting game that came out. But anyway... Hey, yeah, the events there all tie into the overall story of that persona. So this is canon, folks. Yes, sir. If you want to see the further adventures of these characters from 5 and, yes, 3, which I'm not even sure what happened there but in 3, but, hey, I'm sure it'll be a fun little reminder or fun little uh, recap there, uh, then get ready because you're going to want this game. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to this. this. This looks fun as hell. Yeah. Plus, you know, one of the best things about Persona, not saying this is the only thing, I'm just saying one of the best things about Persona is the goddamn soundtrack, so get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, so, like, the, the dance remixes that, that came for the Persona 4 game were really good, so I'm looking forward to, to hearing the, the you know, the, the revamped versions of, of these two soundtracks. And that's coming out in December, you said, buddy? December 4th. All right. You can get them separately for 60 bucks each, or, you can, like I said, you can buy the collection. Uh, that includes Persona 4 even, uh, so three games uh, for 100 bucks, which is pretty good. That, that's, that's good. That is really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, and uh, an important reminder also is that uh, Amazon, uh, they they had that 20% off pre-order uh, program going for a while, but they, they are they are cutting it cut, they're, they're cutting it off now. Um, tomorrow, I think, is the last day you can pre-order stuff uh, and get that 20% off. So if you want to pre-order something like Metroid, 4, Metroid, Metroid Prime 4 or something, and get 20% off, uh, you've got, like, 36 hours to do it. Oh, shit. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so go ahead and get all your pre-orders in, including this. Get this for 80 bucks instead of 100 <laughs> Yeah, like, I read that story. I thought it was too late, So, but all right, cool. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, like, 36 hours from right now. All right, so I'll definitely look into that. Uh, meanwhile, Best Buy's uh, thing is still going? Uh, no, I mean, oh. if you... They they don't they don't sell that program anymore. But uh, oh, if, like I renewed mine last July, so I'm good through next July, I think. Okay. God damn. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there you go. That's a shame because you know going back to that story you just broke just now, like that was one of the best things about Am- being an Amazon Prime member, getting that twenty percent off. As uh, I took advantage of that on quite a few, I, I took advantage of it on Yakuza Kiwami too. So it's hmm. <laughs> that's depressing all right but all right i'll have to do a sweep run through here and see what games <laughs> i'm excited for that i'll i could so as long as i pre-order it i should be good for the 20 percent. but yeah yeah yeah. whatever you pre-order like whatever you pre-order now they will honor that price but if you pre-order it september 1st or whatever uh no it'll be the full price got it god damn all right Moving on, uh, what's the next story, buddy? Uh, we've got some Bethesda slash uh, Fallout slash Elder Scrolls news here. Uh, Good lord. And Yeah, it's uh, busy days over at Bethesda. Number one, Fallout 76 will not have cross-play support. 
uh, you know, that game is kind of deviating from the usual Fallout formula, which is, you know, a single-player game. Uh, this will be multiplayer focused, of course. We know that. Um, but, uh, yeah, of course, Todd Howard, the director of the game, uh, has been very vocal about how Sony has not been playing ball <laughs> as far as, you know, cross-play goes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's probably a huge reason why this game will not have cross-play support for any platform. Uh, so, you know, Xbox, you know, plays with Xbox. Sony plays with Sony. PC plays with PC. Mm. There you go. All right. Now, I heard he put his foot down, though, with uh, Elder Scrolls Online or something like that. Yes, that is the next uh, thing here is that Elder Scrolls Legends, uh, not not online. Um, this is the the card game that they announced mm. uh, over at E3. Um, but a big part of that game is that it, it is going to be, you know, cross-play. Um, you'll be able to play not only between consoles, but like between mobile platforms and all that. You know, that that that's a game as a as a card game. I think it's gonna be free to play. I'm not sure, or maybe it's not. But either way, it's it's a cross. It's a card game, so it's a lot less you know hardcore. But uh, yeah, a big part of that game's appeal is that it's gonna be cross play. You know, you'll be able to play you know on your Xbox against someone on their fucking Galaxy or whatever. Um, but yeah, with with Sony being Sony, um, it kind of <laughs> calls into question that entire version of the game. Uh, yeah, so here's the story I've got on GameSpot. It says the PlayStation 4 version of The Elder Scrolls Legends is in question due to Sony's stance on crossplay. Uh, but says this Pete Hines, who is the head of their PR, uh, told Hero Gamer that crossplay and cross progression support is essential for Legends. And with Sony not allowing crossplay, that presents a problem. Uh, his quote is, we continue to make our case for this is how it needs to work and this is how it needs to function, he said. Uh, but we are moving ahead with the assumption that any platform we release it on must support cross-progression and cross-play. I'm aware of the conflict that arises given that statement, but we are continuing to work on it. Uh, he said, he went on to say that Bethesda is in communication with Sony uh, about cross-play. He said, we need everybody to be on board and understand uh, Nintendo, Microsoft, this is how we're proceeding. I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to single out Sony uh, because I'm not. Hey, these conversations we have, we have with everybody, including Apple and Google, uh, asked directly if Bethesda won't release Legends on PS4 if Sony doesn't change its stance. He said it's not that simple. He said, I imagine the answer is fairly dire, but I don't want to jump to conclusions yet because there's a lot of space between yes and no. Uh, what if th- what if they say no to this, but yes to this? It could present uh, so... Yeah, there's it's so basically the answer is it's complicated. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's tricky. Yeah, it could be interesting. This game would be the this game could potentially be the first cross-play title in the history of uh the industry, couldn't it? Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wild, but damn, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, because uh, he's not wrong in what he was saying there. Because if they say yes to this, then get ready for the floodgates to open, folks. You're going to have <laughs> quite a few people, especially from games like Call of Duty, FIFA. And like, hey, if they can do this, why can't we? So that's the big big thing there. So do you think Sony may just take the knee and say, all right, we just won't have it on our console then? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They might. I don't know. It's, mm, it's tricky because, I mean, Bethesda, you know, those games are are huge you know money draws uh you know like even like obviously something like skyrim is a huge part of their 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 portfolio uh like we just said earlier you know fucking skyrim vr is the top the top played game in on playstation vr 
uh, and you know Fallout Shelter, which is a free-to-play game, you know, completely on the other end of the the spectrum. There, uh, you know, that game makes countless millions of dollars for Bethesda uh, and the and the platforms it's on. So I don't know. Like I don't know who gets to blink first on that one. It'll be interesting because if they do say no, then this it may appear to be the end of it, but it might not be because right now Sony's stranglehold or position is that it's the big dog, so to speak. It's the WWE to everyone else's New Japan and the ROH here. But with a new console system comes again, because let me tell you, those game industry guys, they want cross-play. They, they, are, they really want it pretty much as much as we do. So, you know, it could, not, it could happen later. It could co- happen uh, at the start of the cross-play of the introduction into a new system where the battlefield's a little bit more even. Maybe they're like, okay, look, for reals, uh, if you don't let us do crossplay here, then we're just going to let the other guys have it. And if the other guys have it, if enough uh, times, then we could see a switch in power to which Sony would be like, okay, we ha- really have no choice now. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Like most people, this for most people, the story is flying on the, the, the radar, but Sony's reaction here could be the most important reaction that it's given to something in recent memory. So I don't, yeah. how do you feel about that, Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's 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 just annoying in general for for the people that actually matter, which are the people playing these games. Uh, like both these companies, you know, make enough money where surely someone can just fucking compromise and meet somewhere in the middle here uh, and just make it so that you know it's the best experience for people actually buying and playing the game. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. Mm, we shall. All right. What's the next story? Yeah, the next story here is that I don't think maybe Bethesda <laughs> might not be the one uh, who who backs down because the story here is uh, Bethesda uh, threatened to sue <laughs> someone selling their game uh, on Amazon secondhand. Hmm. Did you hear about this, Malcolm? Because it is fucking crazy. I heard uh, bits and pieces of it, but what yeah, exactly so, happened? So, so this gentleman in Philadelphia, a man named Ryan Hupp, uh, put his copy of The Evil Within 2 on Amazon's Marketplace, which is like the third-party kind of, you know, obviously Amazon sells their their stuff, but you can, but you as, as a person can put stuff on Amazon as well, uh, as this gentleman did with his uh, sealed copy of The Evil Within 2. Um, he His story is that he bought this co- game new, uh, never opened it, and he tried to sell it on Amazon's Marketplace as new. Uh, but Bethesda's legal team reached out to him and say and and kind of threatened <laughs> to sue him because Jesus. they said that what he was doing was unlawful because he used the word new to describe the game uh yeah according you know uh, Hub's side of the story this this guy's side of the story uh says that that uh that sale is protect, protected by the by the first sale doctrine in the United States that allows people to resell copyrighted material uh but Bethesda's argument is that this does not apply because the game lacks the warranty that would have come with the game initially to make up its original form. Uh, and yeah, in a statement to Polygon, Bethesda said that after Hup, it went after Hup because he was attempting to sell the game as new. Uh, we, they said, we do not allow non-authorized resellers to represent what they sell as new because we can't verify that the game hasn't been opened and repackaged. This is how we help protect the buyers from fraud and ensure our customers are to receive authentic new product with all enclosed materials and warranty intact. Uh, yeah. 
And Bethesda says it would not have threatened action against him had the listing been presented as pre-owned. All right, so just to be clear here, this is a guy selling one goddamn copy of the game. Not like one a- copy of the game. It's not, it's not like he had a fucking pile of games that he got his hands on. I was like, yeah, here you go. All right, and two, I didn't even realize games came with a warranty, number one. Well, everything well, everything that you buy basically has to come with a warranty, <laughs> you know, legally, I think. Uh, and, you know, it's not like a major, like, warranty on... Because guess what? Another thing is that I don't think a single person in the entire history of video games being sold <laughs> in this country has ever, like, said, ooh, my game is effective. Let me contact the manufacturer. Like, no, you just take it to fucking the store and exchange it or whatever the fuck. Mm. You don't, like, call the number and say, yes, hello, Mr. Bethesda. <laughs> my copy of the game doesn't work. Please send me a new one. Yeah, that's actually what I did with uh, Crisis Core because I got to the scene, to a cutscene with Sephiroth and it started skipping. So uh-huh. I, I actually I went back to GameStop where I got it and they let me have another one and there there I went. It's like <laughs> it's we, it, but yeah, I, I guess you're right. You have to be right here, but it's really weird. This is literally like a lawyer at his desk saying, "All right, well, I get it's one o'clock. I guess I'll go check Amazon to see." <laughs> Jesus. Just because he said no. It's it's like, I guess the compromise is like he types in like new instead and he tells the guy to fuck off. Like, what did the guy end up doing? Did he have to take it down or was Yeah, he he ended up taking it down. um, But (laughs) Jesus Christ. What a dumb story. Yeah, it's like, freaking hey, do you not have anything better to do? It's like, <laughs> Clearly not. Like, focus on the whole Sony crossplay shit and leave this poor guy in Idaho or whatever alone. Jesus. Yeah, like, I've sold plenty of games on eBay the same way, where it's like, you know, like I sold, like I sold mostly, you know, games that were opened or whatever, but like the games I've, the few games I've sold that were unopened, I've sold them still and there was no problem. Yeah. Like, I, no, I never got a message from a potential buyer saying, hey, is the warranty intact on this, bro? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You want the game or not? Yeah, I technically have a new copy of Resident Evil 6, which, by the way, for whatever reason, GameStop will not touch if it's still in the shrink wrap for whatever goddamn reason. Well, well they do that. Yeah, they, they that's just GameStop policy. They, that makes sense for GameStop because GameStop is an actual like store and they have business dealings with actual publishers. <laughs> like they can't just buy copies of games from people. Like like now you have to buy the copies of games from from like actual publishers and then sell them as new. Like that makes sense. Okay. Like, uh, but, I guess, but you know, like but to they, me, but they, go, but they go after like a dude in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a dude in Philadelphia. It's like freaking fucking. <laughs> like you're not you're not gonna bankrupt fucking Bethesda because like, one person decided to buy a game fucking on Amazon's marketplace. And on top of that, for this lawyer to like give like this big freaking speech, like we do this to protect our consumer base and our community. <laughs> It's like, dude, you stopped one guy from selling a really good copy of your game, man. <laughs> yeah. If anything, you came off as dickholes in this one. <laughs> it's yeah. oh. I, I don't have the words, Joe. I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, it's real dumb. That's what I'll say. <laughs> it, it is. It totally is. All right. Uh, next story. <laughs> All right. Next story here. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? Ah, yes. Uh, out of Gamescom as well, there was a 
uh, reveal trailer for Life is Strange 2. Obviously, that game, you know, we already knew that game was coming. Uh, but this is our first look as to what that game actually is. And, it, and you know, it's not a continuation of uh, Max's story and, and Chloe, who were the characters uh, in the first game. But rather, this is a, a new pair of characters. Uh, they are brothers. Uh, they, their names are Sean and Daniel Diaz, who are 16 and 9 years old, uh, respectively. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's interesting because it's, uh, you know, Life is Strange, that, that game's hook that originally, um, you know, it wasn't just, uh, just the adventure game. It also had this like supernatural kind of like element to it, uh, where you could rewind time for like 30 seconds, uh, to kind of change the outcomes of, of, you know, interactions with other people. Um, and, uh, yeah, like that's not going to be the case here. Um, it is, there will still be what a brand new power is what they're saying. So there's still going to be like a paranormal element to it. But uh, yeah, new characters and some and, and there there'll be a new mechanic uh, still. So it'll be interesting to see what that is all about um, when the game's first episode releases September twenty seventh. So one month from today. Hey, so it is interesting. I'm sure this will be the beginning of the uh, Life is Strange expanded universe, which will <laughs> will keep introducing heroes until we get the Avengers formed and or <laughs> and y'all have their and y'all have their powers out. Oh yeah, and it'll be. Or would it be the Stranger Thing? <laughs> the Strangers, that's how, what you call the group there. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not bad, actually. <laughs> it's totally what you would call them. Uh, but I, I'm very curious. What were your thoughts when you saw this reveal trailer, Joe? Um, I thought it was cool. I mean, for one, it's cool to see two Hispanic characters. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't see that a lot. <laughs> Uh, as I Hispanic myself, it's like, oh, yeah, nice to see that people realize that we exist, too. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited for that part. Uh, but the game, you know, like, you know, they, they between, you know, the first Life is Strange uh, series, uh, Before the Storm, which was like that prequel series, which is also really good, mm. um, that Adventures of Captain Spirit uh, was really good as well. Um, so I, I've, I've got a lot of confidence in, in, in this being also good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of curious because your anticipation, you've been a champion of the series on the show yes, for for, so good. for some time. And I feel like there's been a lot of buildup for this sequel because you're right. We got that the first Life is Strange, which you really championed. Then we mm. got then we got before the storm eventually, which was not which is Life is Strange, but not quite as the main character does not have any superpowers. And uh, then you got the prequel, uh, Cap, Captain. What, it's not Captain. The the Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Captain Spirit. I, I almost said Captain Awesome for some reason there. But, <laughs> uh, but this is the first time where okay, it's another character. It's a superpower. But I feel like the build up must be pretty high for you on this one. Uh, yeah, like I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's yeah definitely something that I really want to play. <laughs> uh, I'll... And, yeah. The, and the original one came out over three years ago, January 2015, mm-hmm. when that first episode came out. So, low, low time coming for sure. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. As uh, yeah, I, ca- I can hardly wait. Right? So, especially to hear your reaction to it, which is always mm-hmm. fantastic. So, yes. All right. <laughs> always listen to what I have to say. <laughs> is the lesson here. All right. Uh, you have anything else to say on this one, buddy? Uh, no, just that I'm excited. Excellent. All right, next story. Speaking of exciting sequels, Malcolm, uh, Ubisoft seems to be teasing 
Child of Light 2. Remember Child of Light? <laughs> I do, actually. Yeah. yeah, that game was excellent. Uh, and it was teased uh, through an announcement for Life is Strange 1 coming to Switch. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I guess one of the developers was, uh, you know, he tweeted out a picture of the game running on a Switch. Uh, you know, there's some papers on his desk underneath it. He's like, oh, yeah, cool. So look at this. Like, I'm working on this. It's been great. Uh, and then in the background there, you look at some paper and it, it just says, like the first half of the paper is kind of blacked off, but the rest of it says of like two, and you're like, hmm, hmm. interesting. It's an interesting way to go about that uh, that <laughs> announcement, but yeah, hmm. <laughs> and you know, I, I've, I've actually been thinking about Child of Light uh, a little bit. That and that uh, was the Valiant Hearts that came out. Both those Ubisoft games that were built on that what was it, the UB Art engine, along with uh, the Rayman <laughs> Origins and Rayman Legends. Uh, mm. Remember those games where, I, like, the, how the hook was like, yeah, they're running on this engine that makes it look like like moving paint, <laughs> painted art, and it's like, man, how come Ubisoft hasn't made more games with that? Yeah, I have to say, and Child of Light especially stood out. Like me and my wife really enjoyed that RP game, especially you could fly all over the place on the screen and what have you. But yeah, yeah, it was a very awesome looking game, and it's one of those like I do remember the engine, and you're right, it's like. It, it, it was a big deal. Like, like Ubisoft is like, check out this kick-ass engine. Look at these beautiful games we can make with it. And like everything that they made with it, like was critically and commercially successful. Like everyone liked those games and everybody bought them. It's it's right up there with the Nemesis system where we thought, oh, like, oh wow, we're going to get so much of this now from either this company or other places once uh, since it's doing so well. And no, we never saw anything else after that. <laughs> So hopefully that they dust off that engine and we get some cool Child of Light two new Child of yeah. Light two yeah yeah definitely mm. all right moving on uh, let's see more Gamescom news uh, remember Until Dawn Malcolm the very I was waiting I was waiting for you to bring this up <laughs> vastly underappreciated Until Dawn uh, Until Dawn the answer to the question what if David Cage games were good <laughs> oh Until Until Dawn is the answer. Uh, And, yeah, the developers, Supermassive Games, uh, revealed that Gamescom 2018, or rather Bandai Namco, announced that uh, Supermassive Games uh, is creating an anthology of games, a horror anthology, if you will, called the Dark Pictures Anthology. And the series will consist of standalone, branching cinematic horror games. So games not unlike Until Dawn. Uh, And the first one uh, is called Man of Medan, which was shown off in the trailer, uh, during Microsoft's little inside Xbox presentation. Uh, but yeah, that, that sounds cool. It's like, this, this feels like something we've been wanting this game studio to go back to for ages or since until dawn, which, you know, yeah. The, Cause yeah. I'm trying um, to think of the other games that they've made since, uh, cause I know there was that until dawn, like VR thing, which was kind of weird. The um, impatient or festival of blood, which was the on rail shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Festival of blood was like the other, um, yeah, it was the other, like until dawn thing they did. Uh, let's see what else they do. They did. Yeah. The impatient they did, uh, they did hidden agenda, which was that, uh, that, uh, like PS4 game that everyone plays with their smartphones and you kind of try to like one person tries to trick the others or something. Play, uh, play link. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, not, not nothing huge uh, since Until Dawn. So this sounds like they're finally taking that next step. Um, but it won't be a Sony exclusive uh, as it's being published by uh, by Man by Bandai Namco. Uh, and you know, obviously shown through Microsoft's thing. Obviously, it's going to come to Xbox as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. That's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be an anthology, which 
makes it, and I hate to use this example, sort of like uh, the Cloverfield <laughs> universe where each <laughs> each movie is going to be like a different take, I have a feeling. Like, I think the next game won't be a sequel to, the what was the Man of Madame? Yeah, yeah. Which sounds like a pro wrestler gimmick. Or something. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, this one, it feels like, okay, let's do Deep Sea, which, if there was ever the best best way to start with me is with Deep Sea, because movies like Jaws messed me up as a kid, let me tell you. <laughs> but it looks like part that, part haunted submarine, which, it, when you really break it down and think about it, is a very scary concept. It's like, you've got, you're trapped several freaking meters under the water in this tin can with whatever's in there and you can't escape. You can't just jump into the freaking ocean. You're going to get crushed or killed or eaten by sharks. <laughs> so, uh, it looks like from the brief stuff that I saw, it looks really scary. So I, I, hopefully this will be the start of something great for super massive or something super massive for super massive. But, <laughs> uh, I, I really was intrigued. Uh, what did you think of the trailer, Joe? Uh, I actually did not watch the trailer, oh! <laughs> but it was enough for me to get excited. Just, by the announcement of it. So I was like, all right. Yeah, so hopefully this will look really good. Hopefully we'll see some, like, famous actors or actors that will become super famous <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yeah, that, that Until Dawn was surprisingly loaded with with, <laughs> with uh, quite a cast. Yeah, once again, it's like one of those where, like, at the time they didn't know it, but you're going to see, like, the guy who's going to be in the freaking Freddie Mercury biopic. <laughs> yeah. Was the like, bad guy. Right yeah, like, that was right before he blew up, like, Grammy Malik, before he blew up with, uh, you know, like, Mr. Robot was where what really broke him out. Uh, but, yeah, like, he's in there. Like, Hayden Pinatier was the biggest star in that. You know, she was already a pretty big star, so that was a big deal that she was in there. Mm. But it was also uh, the guy who plays Grant Ward on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he's in there. Yes. Uh, mm. um, and I forget who else. There's a couple other people in there. But a surprisingly loaded <laughs> cast for that one. Uh, man, just a fun game. That game was good. It was. Very underappreciated once again. Yeah. All right, moving on. What else happened? Uh, let's see. We've got some Hitman 2 news, Malcolm. Uh, what is Bret as... Hart up to? <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, RIP to the gym that had hurt. Anyway, <laughs> IO Interactive uh, announced that their sequel to, to, to the game. Uh, you know, when it arrives this fall, they, they announced that the maps from, from 2016's game uh, will be brought back. Uh, and, you know, if you bought those DLC packs and you buy Hitman 2, um, yeah, you'll be able to download the updated maps in Hitman 2 for free. Imagine that, an investment That's... that carries over. Yeah, fucking cool. Yeah, that that is actually really cool and good on them. Like, Hitman it continues to get quite quite a lot of goodwill from people, and rightfully so with moves like this. Yeah, and you know the game; those maps when they come to Hitman Two, they'll they'll have all the new gameplay stuff, uh, you know, carry over. So they'll they'll have uh, you know new weapons, and you'll be able to hide in foliage and stuff like that. Uh, you know, just all the cool shit that they're going to be putting in Hitman Two uh, carries over to to those updated maps. So that's that's I think that's great. Mm, definitely. Uh, you know, I did download Hitman onto my Xbox One X because uh, I. I, I jumped on that Game Pass deal uh, a couple of weeks ago where it's like, buy like three months for 10 bucks. I was like, all right, why not? <laughs> uh, and Hitman's out there. So I was like, ooh. <laughs> I, I downloaded that. And yeah, that game looks really good on Xbox One X. Mm -hmm. Also looks good on PS4 Pro. I've got that on there. Mm -hmm. that, definitely. So, nice. Good stuff. All right. What? All right. 
Very good to hit, man. And uh, anything else you got to say on this one, buddy? No, but uh, man, that game was good. <laughs> good ass game. <laughs> it was. It still holds up. That game is still really fun. He did really well in the game of the year air show that we did for it that year. Yeah. Here, so yeah, definitely. All right, moving on. Uh, here's here's some interesting news. Uh, THQ Nordic uh, announced that Time Splitters. Uh, they 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 went ahead and bought the. Uh, the the IP the Time Splitters uh, franchise they bought it from uh, they bought it from Crytek who used to own it uh, and and they're bringing it back they say uh, the quote here is uh, we are hugely excited to have acquired Time Splitters the original games gave fans a massive content offer and provided a pure and genuinely fun arcade shooter experience we have many fans of the Time Splitter series among our own staff who are passionate about creating a product that will thrill today's gaming audience. Um, so I don't know what that means. If that means that they'll be bringing back some of, uh, if they'll like remaster like some of the old games or if they'll bring back a new time splitters entirely, but either way, that's, I think that's cool. All right. So number one, I would say a hundred percent, they're going to, you're going to see a remaster just cause you know, when they released time splitters three or time splitters by itself, the, a new beginning or whatever, they want people like, oh, what the hell is this? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and plus, uh, remasters are the hot new jam right now in the industry. And <laughs> so I think we'll see that. Um, I'm kind of curious uh, how they envision time splitters because it's obvious. Uh, you know, I, did you play a lot of time splitters back in the day? I fucking played a ton of time splitters, especially time splitters too. Uh so you're super stoked for this, then, I imagine. I'm super excited for the possibility of a new Time Splitters. Holy shit. All right, excellent. So that that fills me with hope there that Joe Garcia, of all people, <laughs> is like, yeah, this is this is a brilliant investment on their part. But uh, did Time Splitters do really well? or Was it part of the Orange Box? Am I th- remembering that correctly? No, no. no that, you're thinking of Team Fortress 2, which ah. kind of has a, a cartoony style as well. Uh and that's what Time Splitter was. Is that it was, you know, it was this multi? Well, it wasn't just a multiplayer shooter, but you know, it was a very popular multiplayer game, uh, and it had a very cartoony look, uh, time traveling. Yeah, it was just really cool. God damn it, it was fun. Mm. Excellent. You think this is going to do well when it does come out, or when they do do something with it? I sure hope so, because there's plenty of people saying that they want more Time Splitters, so it'll be up to them to fucking put their money where their mouth is. <laughs> Hopefully they don't pull a Project Spark where they're like, well, I guess we're going to have to make it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that broke a lot of hearts for Conquer that. fan. <laughs> well, so did Microsoft, if it's any consolation. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's the next story, buddy? All right. We're finally winding down here. Welcome. Good luck. <laughs> Uh, first things first here is that Corey Balrog, uh, who was the director at, on God of War uh, this year, and, the, and I think God of War 3, um, he spoke at Gamescom or at DevCom specifically, which is a developer event at Gamescom. Uh, not confusing at all. Um, anyway, he talked about uh, the first time Shuhei Yoshida came to play the game, and he says that <laughs> uh, and he says that Shuhei Sh- was horrified when he played it because <laughs> uh, I guess when he first played it, it was not that great. Um, and the quote he's got here is pretty interesting. He said, "Part of he said quote uh, part of it was that we were building the engine and tools as we were building the mechanics, as we were designing the mechanics, as we were designing the levels. So all of these groups had to build everything at the same time." Um, and as the team put together a demo uh, of the game for you know for people to check out, uh, he says, <laughs> with, with only six months to go until the full release of the game, uh, 
uh, you know, Shuhei came in uh, for a playthrough. And yeah, he says, quote, I mean, the frame rate was terrible. Everything just felt bad. He's playing. He's got scrunched up shoulders, head shaking a little bit. Uh, he just kind of shook his head and walked out the door. He never told me how he felt. In fact, he only told one of my friends who he saw at a party. Uh, Yoshida said, oh, you're working on God of War. I just got to say, I played the game the other day. I was horrified. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, about Barlog said uh, it was a turning point in rallying his team to get the frame rate back up and work out uh, some of the issues. Uh, and in the end, uh, the story goes that uh, Shuhei came back to play the game a second time uh, once it got kind of, you know, tightened up a bit. And he played it. Uh, he says, quote, he played it again, and you can see the two different poses of a shoe. Horrified is much more rigid. The second time, he was not horrified. It, it was super good. Very exciting. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's. I think that's a really interesting story. It is. Uh, the entirety of the interview, because he goes on, apparently it was quite the struggle to make this game, in that, uh, like, one of the more famous stories, are you still there? Yeah, it, it sounded like you fell or something a second. No, yeah, I picked up uh, my coffee mug and kind of dropped it. Oh, okay. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, like, he talked uh, in, in the same thing. He talks about a tester who, like, visibly got upset playing the game and actually walked up to him and walked and quit. <laughs> it was that's like... Job, yeah, was, that's weird. It's like, your job isn't necessarily to like the game. It's like, the, it's to make sure the game isn't broken. <laughs> It's like it was a long quote. Like he got to the part where Kratos was picking flowers, and it, <laughs> well, like yeah, I guess that I could see how that would be a departure. It's like <laughs> from previous games. Oh yeah, like and it's funny. Like this one thing of him, him uh, picking flowers. He walked up to the head guys like, I I can't do this. You ruin Kratos. You don't get him. Why is he picking fucking flare? It's like this big flare up, and he walked out on the the whole thing. Really, not that professional in hindsight, but you know, still, oh. <laughs> like there is a context to it. You know, <laughs> maybe check out the context. Yeah, maybe, maybe take the game as a whole. And even then, that part is not like annoying or bad or anything. It's just a, it's just like five minutes out of the entire game. Yeah, like it's not like the game opens up and we see Kratos skipping in a flower field and singing. (laughs) The hills are alive. I'm like, no, no. (laughs) No, you don't get that. It's like there is context, as Joe pointed out. It's like for sure, slowly roll, but that's like part of a grander story. Like nobody understood Balrog's vision until it came like close to the end. Like, like the triumph of this guy making this game the way he wanted to, I, I feel is like gonna gonna be long remembered and is gonna cement Balrog as a not only one of the best fighters in Street Fighter Five, but also as... <laughs> yeah, it's Barlog, not Balrog. Oh, okay. So different... <laughs> one Street Fighter character, you switch to L and the R, and then you got the director of God. But yeah, people remember him for that, for standing in Gandalf's way, and also making one of the best, <laughs> one of the best renditions of uh, God of War ever, like completely revitalizing the series. Like, I never thought I'd be talking about God of War in great story in the same sentence, but, <laughs> but he did it. He fucking yeah. did it. Yeah, like that entire development sounds like it was crazy. Like, Because like he said in the interview too, it was like, yeah, like everyone's basically making huge important parts of the game at the same time and kind of hoping it all fits together at the end. <laughs> and that's, I said, like, man, that's fuck. <laughs> Making games is hard, huh? <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. And <laughs> after going, like, he he was making the game for, what, five years? Something like that. A yeah. very long time. 
he he went through all of this for five fucking years. Like testers quitting on him, Shuhei scrunching himself. It's like <laughs> people like questioning him at every turn. And he releases it, and now he's this genius. <laughs> yeah, now we're like, oh, okay. I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, no shit. Like, uh, I remember he was on, it was either kind of funny, or he, he did a round of interviews with various uh, gaming podcasts after the game was re- released. And they all asked him, like, so what do you do next? And he's like, I'm going to take six months off. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> fucking hell like I, i've been pulling every which way for this game i've been questioned at every turn i'm gonna take six months off and say hi to my family <laughs> <laughs> uh poor cory but uh yeah it'll be very interesting to see what game comes next like granted they're still supporting god of war quite quite a bit i don't know if this was one of your stories but uh the new new game plus was recently released with an update yes it was one of my stories or yes it is one of my stories um but yes that uh, that new game plus mode is out uh that and the new game plus mode um comes with a new difficulty um you, i think yeah there's a uh, you know, there's a new armor class uh, with new resources to, to kind of get together. Um, I think you can even bring in some of your your previous armor to, into a new game as well. Uh, so you can start off super crazy overpowered, uh, which is always fun. Um, I haven't checked it out yet, but that's something I, I kind of want to get back to, kind of check out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a great game. It's like, I think... I, I would say right, it's going to probably do well on our game of the year tournament, it, but then again, it depends on who it goes <laughs> up against. God forbid it goes up against Red Dead right off or something like that. <laughs> That's going to be a tough call, but you know, still, I never thought the day would come where God of War would be a solid game of the year contender. If not, <laughs> but good God, if there wasn't a, you know, I would say if we were to, if the year ended right now, it'd probably be number one seed for me. What, what do you think? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right now, hmm, I'm to think. Yeah, I mean, that, that's 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 not too far off the truth there, Malcolm, probably, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And, of course, uh, if you beat New Game Plus on the highest difficulty, at, when you get to that Thor scene at the end, uh, Thanos comes and kills him. So that's a nice treat. <laughs> yes, that's yep. not what happens at all, but still. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Like, one listener would be like, oh, my God, I got to beat it. And he wastes, like, a good chunk of his life. <laughs> Where was Thanos? Like, I'm sorry. That was a joke. <laughs> all right. What's uh, – do you have anything God of War related? Anything no, else? That's the- cool. All right. Uh, unless you got anything to add about New Game Plus or anything? No. Um, no not personally. Got, gotcha. All right. Moving on, buddy. All right. Moving on. Uh... The Spyro Remaster Trilogy, uh, the Reignited Trilogy, uh, as it were, is has been delayed, Malcolm. Uh, oh, that game wow. was supposed to <laughs> this story. <laughs> that, <laughs> uh, it was supposed to come out September twenty first. It's been moved to November thirteenth. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, wait, what, what? 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 Is there more to this, Malcolm? Is that what you're getting at? Well, yeah, it, I, I kind of feel this is due. I think we talked about it a little bit last show, but uh, did we talk about the fact that? Two of the games aren't on the goddamn disc. You have to download them. <laughs> uh, no, we did not talk about that. But yes, that is true. I think only the first game is on the disc, and then you have to you have to download. Uh, which begs which the is question. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> which begs the question. Like, why? Why would you get the disc at that point? <laughs> yeah, it's like if you're downloading most of it anyway. <laughs> 
Oh, and uh, did you see the interview with uh, the heads of whatever company are behind this where they're like, explain this, please. And they're like, well, it's not that different from like, if you notice with any time a game comes out, there's a day one patch you got to get. So think of this as an extension. Okay, come on, man. <laughs> like you know you don't have to put out a day one patch you know, most games, <laughs> there's some games that make it without that yeah it's, it's like freaking it like and it was like 48 gigs of download content like just for putting in the disc which once again why do i have a disc if two-thirds <laughs> of the game aren't on there yeah that's just ridiculous so i was saying like i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that the delay was due to that backlash it's like why 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 and they're like okay, <laughs> all right like g- give us some time <laughs> oh poor spyro because the game does look good like it's quite the remaster there yeah um I, and that's being done up by uh toys for bob which who did the the skylanders games uh that brought spyro back into the into the spotlight oh yeah he was a proud uh Skylander uh my little I had a little cousin who loved those games and I would play play with them uh, I was really good with uh Siren or whatever the female purple dragon was yeah was, and uh, but yeah I love Spyro and I was actually really stoked when Crash uh, joined the Skylanders too oh yeah I forgot about that <laughs> um but yeah so uh, hopefully this means that they're going to find a way to put the game on the blu-ray there because it's that's ridiculous get get out of here with that <laughs> yeah that's just that's done yeah all right um anything else you got on this one uh no but i have one last story malcolm i don't know if you've got any other stories today I, I think we've done a lot of stories done a lot of uh, stories yeah, anyway, one last story. This is just for you, Malcolm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Bandai Namco has announced uh, the Dark Souls trilogy, which compiles all three Dark Souls games into one package uh, on October 19th for PS4 and Xbox One for the price tag of $80. Uh, that will include Dark Souls Remastered, Dark Souls 2, uh, Scholar of the First Sin, and Dark Souls 3, the Fire Fades Edition. So basically that's all three games, uh, all of their DLC, uh, and I believe they come... Uh, in a, do they come in a steel book? Yes, they come yes, in a steel bookcase. There you go. In the steel bookcase, like, all right, if you don't have any of these games but have been meaning to get it, this is sol- This is a solid pickup right here. Like, the steel bookcase looks, a bookcase. The steel, <laughs> that would be a <laughs> Get steel. a whole bookcase, you move into your house. <laughs> for 89, for 89 and a game, that's three games, that's not bad. <laughs> and it is a steel bookcase, so, uh, and it, so it is very heavy. <laughs> and it looks great, and the amount of video game you're getting right there is incredible for 80 bucks. Uh, that being said, I already own two-thirds of this already. <laughs> I just need to re-get the Dark Souls 1 remastered and I'll have everything back again. So I may, I'm probably not going to get this, but still, this is great. This is a nice little value right here, especially with Dark Souls 3, which if if the pairings were up differently, it could have ran up and went to Game of the Year. It could have went right to the finals, <laughs> Joe. So, <laughs> so yeah, this is this is solid. Like, granted, this is not going to be first on Joe's pick for the obvious reason, but nah. if if you're a Souls like fan, like a, like I am, if you like the Dark Souls games, yeah, this is a solid get right here. Or if you've been putting off getting the other games for whatever reason, there you go. <laughs> so, unless you have anything to add on this one, buddy, no. All right. Sorry, I do have one story that I, I was hoping to get some some of your thoughts on at the very least because it, yeah. it, it was a big one. It's been all over the news. You probably already know what I'm alluding to. But uh, 
over at IGN, they had we had a plagiarist. By the, oh, yeah. <laughs> by the name of Philip Mucinix or whatever his name is. It's not going to be that important because his name is done. But essentially, <laughs> uh, essentially, he was put in charge of a, a Dead Cells review, which is kind, which is the one really, really awful thing about this because that game is going to be forever tied to this uh, story right here. It's because it's a good game. Spoiler, but uh, Philip uh, did it. Did his first review to IGN, and lo and behold, if he didn't. R- Pretty much rip off almost word for word a guy by the name of Boomstick Gaming and his review of it. And uh, the descent into madness of this story is incredible, Joe. I don't know if you've been following it. I did follow it. It's what a story. (laughs) (laughs) Now, and I I really feel for Boomstick here who realized this because, hey, IGN is a probably the WWE of uh, video game (laughs) news websites here. He's like, uh, guys, I don't know what to do. Like he posted his two videos side by side in this really, really well-made video where he was like showing off his point that his work was essentially plagiarized. And, <laughs> and it's incredible. This is like me at high school with a 10-page uh, b- report on Earthworm's level of uh, plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> like it's e- – it's bad enough that he's really just rearranging words in a sentence bad, but he's also pretty much going at the same beat. Like uh, Boomstick famously, he was playing the, the reviews side by side and like the minute to minute counter was pretty much the same identical the entire time. And everyone was like, yeah, dude, you got plagiarized." It went from sympathy to like, what the hell is this? And so like <laughs> everyone started uh, emailing or, sending notice to IGN who to their credit took the review down and uh, said, we're putting this under investigation. Uh, Boomstick gaming was uh, then, then uh, interviewed by like a website. And he said, what would you like to see from this? It's like, look, all I'm looking for is some compensation and just recognition of my work. I don't want Philip, Philip to be fired or anything like that. Cause I know what it's like to be without a job, which God bless him. Cause I know what that's like too. Uh, like, I just want recognition of my work. That's all. And maybe just like a plug or something. So he was being really humble about it. Uh, Philip, however, was fired. Cause Hey, of course he was, <laughs> that's his job. His job is not to, the, the bare minimum of the job is <laughs> as a fucking critic is, is, Hey, these are my opinions on this game, whatever it is that like, like that's all it is. Present your opinion, uh, on the game, whether it's good or bad, whatever. Uh, so to be like, all right, here's my opinion of the game, but it's actually somebody else's opinion of the game and I'm presenting it as my own. Uh, it's just so fucking wild. And the, the craziest thing about it too, is that he put this fucking shit up on ITN for the entire world to see. Like it's not like, if it was one thing, if it was like, oh, he was plagiarizing it for his own little personal blog, you know, that like fucking 10 people read, like, and like, there'd be zero chance of anyone finding it, but you're putting it on the most read fucking games website on the planet like obviously people are gonna find it (laughs) like obviously that guy like that guy didn't have to even search no one probably even had to tell him he probably is like yeah i check out ign too because like i that's where most people go to read about video games uh so obviously he's gonna recognize his own fucking work (laughs) when it shows up on ign yeah and yeah and like to ign's credit this was really the only way they could have done what they could this is what should have been done is he got shit canned. Cause Hey, 
you're a black stain on the company's face for the for quite a few years now. So there's that. And the crazy thing, Joe, I don't know if you realize, but the story continues because <laughs> he would then. So after this, uh, Jason Shire of Kotaku uh, uh-huh. brought up another instance like, hey, look, he did this on. He also plagiarized off Nintendo Life, too. That was it. That, that was, like, another instance just to show, like, hey, he has a history of this. So then <laughs> this idiot, not Jason Shire, but Mucinex or whatever his name is. Mucinex. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the mucus medication. That the, look at his last name. It looks like Mucinex. But anyway. <laughs> so Philippe makes this quote-unquote apology video. So, number one, uh, did you know he monetized this video? Of course he fucking did. <laughs> he monetized it because he knew everyone was going to look what he did. So, now, I you can't really see because it's a podcast, folks, but I'm using air quotes here when I say apology because he does not apologize, number one. He, he apologized. Okay, he apologizes that IGN got caught up on this, but that's it. He doesn't apologize to Boomstick for fucking stealing his work. He just rambles and rambles. It. it but the big stupid thing he does here is he calls out Jason Shire saying, hey, I I don't know what's going on with you, Jason. Maybe you're just trying to make money off my name. It's like, okay. And, <laughs> and then he goes on to say, you say I have some sort of history on it. Dude, go right ahead. Let me know if you find anything. Because uh, I, I mean, <laughs> so he takes... He calls out probably the biggest news journalist in the history of ju- news journalism and says, go ahead and find – Go, I dare you to find more stuff. <laughs> and Jason Shire then produces a Bible full of instances, <laughs> which pretty much ruined him. Like if the whole plagiarism thing wasn't bad enough, like it turns out his entire rise to IGN was off the backs of other people's works. So good God, like – <laughs> and IGN then had to take down every single article ever written by this piece of garbage. <laughs> and and honestly, that's what you have to do. And that's what sucks. Like as much shit as I give like IGN for just coming by like like it's not fair to them that this guy basically fucking made everything that he published like just like like had zero credit like there's zero credibility at that point. Like you like you have to take that shit down because like all right, you don't like you, like I guess you could like scour the internet for like okay, maybe, is this plagiarized? Is this plagiarized? Like, like no, just fucking delete everything you fucking put up there because you you don't know what's legit and what's not. And you know it sucks because like people go like and it's such a disservice to it's not you know it's not just embarrassing IGN like it does a disservice to the people reading IGN too because you know they go to that. They go for they, or for any review you go to a review to see all right what do you think about this uh, like I'm gonna make a buying decision based on what, you know, these people say about, you know, this game. So for someone to present that opinion uh, as their own when it's not, and it's like, yeah, like you're doing the readership a, a huge disservice. And like, And for that, like, yeah, obviously, the very bare minimum is that your ass is canned forever and you will never work again in this industry. Yeah, let's not make any bones about it. He's done. Like, no, like, in terms of not only video gaming, but media in general, he's done. Yeah, like you are a plagiarist. That's all there is to it. It's like you, like, like, like why do, like, why would I hire you when I would, when I should just hire the people that you're fucking stealing from? And so, and it's interesting because also in that video, 
like to combat the plagiarist things. He's he made this big thing that us reviewers we use so much uh, material and tools for our review. I was just doing what everyone else else has ever done. First of all, fuck you, because I oh, because <laughs> I used to review I used to review stuff on websites uh, all the time, and I would make it a point to avoid reviews because you know. So you, you could uh, plagiarize unconsciously. Like you could hear a reviewer say, hey, this was a hot piece of garbage. And you, before you know it, you're writing down, hey, this was a hot piece of garbage. And it was plagiarized. Like I would take steps to make sure that I didn't subconsciously do it or, re- you know, use other people's words for it. Because it that's the, that's the job. It's you saying this stuff. And I know for a fact, Joe was the same way. He worked very hard on his reviews. So it's his words. Yeah. Other people's reviews are not tools for the review. <laughs> no, like that's not how it works. You don't say, hmm, I, I think I think about this game, this about this game. What what are other people like? You don't read other reviews to to, to finish what you think you think about a, re- a game. It's like, no, like maybe, like I guess like maybe reviewers, you know, if they get codes early enough and they talk to each other, you know, they can kind of give each other impressions. Like, oh, what do you think about this or this part? Like, but like they don't. They're like, they don't fucking wait for someone else to publish the review and say, all right, now time to take this idea and that idea. It's like, fucking, what's the matter with you? Just, just (laughs) fucking no. It's like, I would read other reviews after I finished mine and I'd be like, oh, cool. Like, it's interesting to see that they thought this or that. (laughs) But I want to go back and fucking change my review to reflect that. God, it's terrible. It's... (laughs) Especially because the hits keep coming with him plagiarizing stuff. Like famously, there was like a YouTube video of him reviewing like the Rumble Pack for like N64 or one of them. And he was essentially reading off a wiki page, it turned out. (laughs) Yeah, like he's plagiarizing wiki, what the fuck? Like he, like he, like they were, they found like him plagiarizing fucking NeoGAF posts of all things. It's like, Jesus, dude, is there an original thought in your head? Like, apparently not, Joe. Apparently not. Like, and, uh, like, I still remember looking at his Twitter, which really hasn't hasn't changed too much since this whole debacle went down, though he does not, he does now say he doesn't uh, work at IGN. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it was really kind of depressing because, like, his pin post still for a while was, hey, check out my first review on Dead Cells. It's like, oh, man, 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 man. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, But, yeah, needless to say, you know, justice was served. Uh, I hear that Boomstick Gaming got uh, compensation for his troubles and what have you. Even though this this, uh, definitely has put him out in the limelight quite a bit. Uh, (laughs) One thing, I feel bad for Dead Cells, because when you think Dead Cells now, you're going to think of this whole situation probably more so than how good of a game it actually was. Uh, Which, you know, one of those games I need to try out one of these days. Yeah, I've heard a lot of extremely good things about Dead Cells. Yeah, and but I want to just uh, assure people that this is not how it's done. I, I don't know what the hell this guy was d- thinking. Pro- to be fair, he was just doing the same shit that got him to the dance, I guess. But, you know, it- <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if you hire Harley Race and he starts throwing ch- chops, you're not going to be yelling, hey, why aren't you doing 450 flips? Like, hey, this is what got me here, kid. <laughs> But no, that that get out of here. Well, he's he's out of here. That's for sure. <laughs> you have any final thoughts on Philip here? Uh, um, no, just good riddance to bad rubbish. 
on that happy note, folks, that does it for this week's episode <laughs> edition of the firmware update episode 213. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, we got a Patreon page, patreon.com slash the firm up. Please go check that site out as that really does help us out, out and every little bit does. And the more uh, help we get, the more content we can give at, give out as well. So go check that out. You can also find us on Twitter at the firm up for me at once 23 for Joe and PS Mal for me as well. If you like our show, you can find us on your Apple device. You can just go onto the podcast app, type in the firmware update. And there we are. Hit that subscribe button and you get every episode as it comes. Also give us a five-star written review. If you have the time as that really helps our show get out there and reach the more eyes. So please give us a, Please give us little reviews here and there that helps out. You got an Android device, don't you worry. We're on such apps, apps such as Podbeam. Such as the Podbeam app, which is 100% free. And you can find us and follow us there and get every episode as they come. You can also find us on such apps such as Stitcher Radio, as well as Pocket Casts as well, which is a, a little favorite of ours, or getting your podcast and what have you. I use it on my iPhone, so there you go. Uh you can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page that gets updated with every episode, so give that a like. It helps us get out to more people. I've noticed that we got a few more likes uh, on there, so thank you very much to those people. And once again, more likes helps our name get out there even more so. You can also find us on our own page, apesthefirmup.com, where Joe puts uh, every single episode so you can get that hard MP3 download don't know why I had to use the adjective hard there, but hey, it's there. <laughs> and Joe, is there anything else? We're all we're all hoard up for this MP3 file. <laughs> Get that hard download. <laughs> uh, Joe, is there anything I'm forgetting? Uh, no, that's that's it. Okay. Folks, that was 100% Malcolm there. No plagiarization there. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. You guys have a great day. Oh, uh, man. See you later.